welcome to another episode of Serious Disney, and it's a big day on the podcast today. Our very first return to recording in the same room as one another after a very long time apart and having to do streams. There are still some of those streams left to convert into podcast episodes, but we've once again jumped the gun to bring you this episode right now because it's about a film which, at the time of recording and hopefully release, is in the actual cinemas and can be enjoyed at its big screened best. Is it ethically sound to recommend cinema trips at this time? You decide! That's right, in the absence of cautious leadership, it's up to us individually to be cautious and decide for ourselves. Well, while you're thinking about it, here is our episode, which is spoiler-free for absolutely ages and doesn't get spoily until after we've given a big, clear warning. Hello! 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 Are we started? Hello! Uh, <laughs> are, we, are we starting with a Mrs. Doubtfire off? <laughs> hello! hello. <laughs> nope, you win straight away. Oh. I, I, I refuse. The only winning move is not to play. <laughs> There's a stage version coming around to Manchester soon. Don't know if it's good. Oh, Mrs. Doubtfire. Yeah. Okay, I'm uh, just checking because I just made a War Games reference. Uh, and I was just checking whether there was a musical version of War Games coming no, out. Not that I know of, but that's... That's wide open, isn't it? Something it that is, can be, yeah. That'll be the next one. Something yeah, I guess that. it is. As we gradually gradually mulch through all of the all pop culture the, yeah. of the 1980s and are fed it reconstituted yeah. And then Ready Ritchie. Player Three will be about quoting the musical adaptations of everything in Ready Player oh, One. Oh, no! <laughs> Hello, everybody. It's Serious Disney. Serious it is. Serious Disney. This is a interesting one because... I mean, they'll, they'll be the judges of that. Well, we are back in the living room. Yay! This is where we recorded all those good ones. You know the well, ones. Well, yeah, but... Listen, I measure the good ones based on whether or not they're in stereo. Oh, okay. Because <laughs> I like to have the headphones on. It's snowing outside. It quite snowing. Quite distractingly. I'm going to open these blinds so we can see it. Yeah. You can have a better view of the snow like I've got. So you can be just as distracted as me. You've got to open the window so that... Um... Dudley Moore can get in. I don't know. What? Does that happen in Santa Claus the movie? No. No. It doesn't. Dudley it does Moore. happen in real life, but it doesn't happen in Santa Claus the movie. I was going to try and make a reference to Santa sure. Claus the movie, a film I've Okay, you're coming around. Right, of. you're coming around this Christmas then. We're getting it on. We're banging it straight on. Oh, okay. We, as in, we're getting yeah, Santa Claus. Yeah, me and you are going to get it on, and then we're going to watch Santa Claus the movie. <laughs> and we'll stream that one. Right. Which of the two things that you just said will we live stream? Oh, the first one. I'm not. I'm not risking the copyright strikes. <laughs> right. Okay. Yeah. 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 So look forward to that in a couple of weeks. As for oh, here is the thought I was just processing. <laughs> is it weird that there's not more Twitch streams of just people kissing each other? But then I realised there's a whole other website for that sort of thing. Yeah, there is. Yeah. Like, <laughs> are you allowed to do that on Twitch? Well, what's? Why wouldn't you be? What? Are, you know, it's just kissing. I suppose it is. Is that what... I mean, patrons. Our <laughs> three patrons or however many there are. Please tell us if you want us to do that. And yeah. if you do... Up we, your we, pledge. <laughs> yeah, no, yeah. <laughs> but also, I don't know what you, it is you thought you were subscribing to. <laughs> So today, we have just come back from the cinema, a thing you can do these days. We can. And we are currently legally allowed to do that. Yeah. Uh, and uh, for the next five minutes, we're allowed to do that. <laughs> yeah. And so we saw Encanto, a film that in real life just came out. Yeah, uh, like it's literally been out 
three, four days, I yeah. think. Walt Disney's 60th. 60th, I think. 60th what, animated When we movie. did, I think it was our Raya episode, which you probably haven't heard yet, but it's coming. Yeah. Um, we weren't sure what number we were on, and we made yeah. a big thing about how As we it was. As it was, we must have been on 59. Must have been. By process of mathematics. Yeah, but this one, I mean, maybe that one did as well, but this one flashes it up at the, at the yeah. do-do-do-do bit at the start. Yeah. They make a big... What's up? Was that you singing the Steve do, 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 Okay, right, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah yes. They, that. No, that, the second version accurate. was better. It was the same. <laughs> when you go back and listen, you'll see that it was exactly the same. I just kept going. Okay, well. <laughs> so, yeah, the 60th in, yes. in the canon. And it's like, how have we got to 60? I know. Like, But then again, 50 was Tangled, right? Which was is, it? Was yeah, that? it was. Which is a while ago now. Oh, if that's the case, how are they only on 60? <laughs> yeah, it's, yeah, it's an odd one, isn't it? Um, yeah, well, anyway, that's where we are. Yeah. We're on 60. We are on 60. And it's been an interesting few years, mm. I think, for, for Disney movies. Mm-hmm. Like, as in Walt Disney Animation Studios movies. Because you guys will have heard... You definitely will have heard the Frozen 2 episode, because that was years yep. ago. Ages ago. Uh, and then, if you were there for the live stream, we did live stream it, right? The Raya one? The Raya one, yes. Yes. If you were there for the Raya one, you'll have heard our thoughts on that. And if not, you'll get them soon whenever I have time to listen to the episode and upload it, basically. Which is quite soon. I was playing it the other day. Yep, yep, yep. These these are things that will happen in real life to you. Um, (laughs) But, like, I think it's fair to say that we've been a little bit up and down on recent Disney stuff. Like, I'd say we've been up and down on Disney stuff since Moana. Probably. Yeah, that, yeah Mo- Moana is the last solid good one that I really liked. And then yeah. since then, I've been descending into a sense of, it's a shame this is the subject of our podcast. <laughs> <laughs> I, was, I wasn't quite that low yet, but like I was, I was definitely feeling that like, huh, you know, because I think we can all, we can all agree that the post 2009 period to like 2009 to 2016 for Disney was, I think you know I think most people agree that was like the second renaissance for yeah, them. Yeah, that's what we called it for the longest time. Yeah, absolute and, and it, the only reason we stopped is because it kind of became normal that they would all be hovering at that sort of level of quality. Yeah, but that that run from like I can't remember the exact order of them off the top no. of my head, but Tangled, Winnie the Pooh, Frozen, Wreck It Ralph, Zootopia, Moana, Zootopia, yeah. um, probably missed at least one very good film out of that. Princess and the Frog was just before that, but like that was great. Yeah, they were absolutely firing it all on all cylinders. It had really felt like after a few years of being wrong-footed by Pixar and DreamWorks from different angles, mm. that they kind of had they'd lost their position at the cutting edge and the forefront of the animated pack. And I must say, I've never really figured out exactly this way of saying it before but the release of disney plus mm. that had made me think like oh is, is that are they not gonna bother anymore now they've got disney plus and i realize i'm thinking of steam like <laughs> all those great games that valve yeah. were making and then yeah. steam was like as successful as they wanted to be and they're like there we go yeah we don't have to do this anymore yeah 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 yeah. this is yeah this is our business yeah, now yeah that's our, but yeah yeah. And yeah and disney plus is and i know that they're so big that they can have loads of businesses yeah they do yeah but i was concerned that like if the thing that we want them to make more of now that identity has been locked into this disney plus thing yeah will they really make stuff 
of their their proper full quality anymore. And it was easy to think that because, yeah. as I've alluded to, we, yeah. I think we've been a bit patchy on stuff yeah. since then. Like, again, I, I, off, just rattling off the top of my head, that was a period that included Ralph Breaks the Internet, mm. Frozen 2, yeah. Ryan the Last Dragon. Yeah. Um, something else? Maybe? Who did Trouser Dad? That was a Pixar. That was Pixar. We mean onward for people people who don't understand (laughs) what Dave is talking about. Yeah. Um, But is it just those three? Uh, Or was there another original in this? Because I want to Google this. Yeah, we're going to have to bite the bullet and do some research, aren't we? Yeah. Yeah, no, no, literally, since Moana, it's just been Ralph Breaks the Internet, Frozen 2, and Ryan the Last Dragon. Okay. Which are... That's a surprise, because Moana feels like a, de- a decent stretch of time ago, even though... Oh, it's so difficult to measure time anymore. What year is it? It's 2021, now, isn't it's it? it's 2021, yeah. just. Yes. Well, then it was five years ago. Yeah, that's ages. That is ages ago. Yeah. And so, for God, them to have only... five years ago? Yeah. God. And for them to only have released three films since then... Yeah, that's unusual. ...isn't then. many, but... There were real-world extenuations. Real, extenu- and also, and like, I allude to this uh, uh, as well, but like, I really think that there, there are increasingly few people who can tell the difference between a Disney and a Pixar film, except that the names are, like, trustworthy. Yeah. And so, when a Pixar... When My Dad is Trousers... Help My Dad is Trousers comes <laughs> out, it's... I think, it, especially since it's, you know, on Disney+, Plus, I think it's fairly normal to yeah. think a film came out and not to think that, oh, they've only released three, yeah. And also they muddy the waters with all the live-action remakes and right, so yeah. forth. Like, it just, it feels like we're constantly saturated with, quote-unquote, new Disney films. Yeah. But in terms of the, Walt, the you know, the central yeah. Walt Disney Animation Studios, yeah. nope, literally only those three since right. then. And that's a pretty patchy batch, isn't it? Yeah. Um... There is... I like one film out of those three, but the the one film is spread across those three. If you know what I mean. Like, Currently, no, I don't. <laughs> I get one film's worth of enjoyment oh, I see. out of those three films. Yes. Um, what films again? Frozen 2. Ralph Rick- 2. And Ryan the Last Dragon. And Ryan the Last... Oh, right. So, so, spread across those first two films. (laughs) (laughs) Because, well, look, as you say, people won't have heard the Ryan the Last Dragon. Oh, that's true, yeah. Will we like it? (laughs) Mystery, wait and see. We... (laughs) I think we liked it more at that time than we currently do, and we didn't like it that much then. Yeah. Um... It was... I've been thinking of giving it another go, but then I listened to the episode about it and was like, <laughs> okay, I might not give it another go. The thing about Ryan the Last Dragon is it's like, it's not like, it's not some offensive, no. like, affront. It's like, it's not going to be like, we're not going to look back on it and like, oh, bloody hell, that was their chicken little moment. We or say in the episode it isn't a chicken. Yeah, little. Ryan the Last Dragon was not one of those. It no. wasn't a fox and the hound. It wasn't a black cauldron. I don't know, maybe it was a bit of a black cauldron. <laughs> Actually, might have been. Now that I reflect on it, but you know what I mean. Like Black Cauldron is a film that you look back on as like having killed a sort of a creative moment for the studio. Like it was a moment where it's like the whole studio looks around. It's like, what are we doing? (laughs) Like, how has it come to this? I don't think Ryan the Last Dragon was that, but it was utterly unmemorable, Mm. and I can't. 
I know I liked bits of it at the time, but for the life of me, I can't remember what they were. No, if we're going to be kind to it in our memory, it will be as the cry for help that a studio suddenly plunged into having to work from home without their usual setup. Yeah, maybe. And still having to produce within a the same amount of time, let's say. Yeah. Ends up making a film that's almost a film. Yeah, but like Pixar made Soul during that same period. Yeah, I know, it's weird, isn't it? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And Luca, maybe? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So, yeah, I don't know what was going on at no, Disney then, no. but... Look, leave us say that it's not really... This intro is too long. We need to talk about Encanto soon. But I'm I'm setting the groundwork for okay. Encanto okay. here. We came into this feeling yeah. a little bit like, do we still like Disney yeah, films? Yes. Um, and I liked this Disney film. This film was good, and I am looking forward to seeing it again, which yes. I intend to do quite soon. Yes, I will make... I know... I, my belief is that this is coming to Disney Plus, like, quickly. Right. Like... Maybe like a month oh, type right. quickly, but I well, would. Then still... I won't have got round to seeing it again by then. Yeah, so maybe. Be ideal. But I would still like to see this again because this is a good one, everyone. This is a good one. Celebrate! We had that. a lovely time watching yes. this. If there are any like it, with a lot of the films that we've talked about on here, we have to find the good in them. Yeah, and in this case, we'll have to find the bad. Like it's kind of it good. Yeah. Like, look, I have a, a few. They're not even really nitpicks as yeah. so much as they are just sort of like aesthetic disagreements where it's like <laughs> you know there's aspects to it where i'm like oh i would have liked to see uh, this happen or i would have liked to see this aspect no. fleshed out a bit more or you know it didn't tick this particular box that i like to get ticked by a disney film and this chose not to do it right but that's the key mm. here it this is a film that has made choices yeah. and vindicates its own choices yeah. and those choices are intelligently made and yeah, there were times in this film, and I can even picture the moments when I thought of it, where I was going like, "Oh yeah, the choice, the things they set up, yeah, are, yeah, yeah. are for good reasons, and they tie through the thing, and th- this has been done with that deft hand that a good story structure yes. needs." It's just a co- real, real tight, yeah. coherent movie. Yeah. Um, and yeah, I think we both had a fantastically good time with this. It's like mm. I don't, you know, I yep. only time will tell wh- where. We end up ranking... I mean, I don't rank all the Disney films because that's a fool's errand. Yeah. That's insanity. Yeah. But, like, this is certainly one of the better ones and I can see it potentially growing over time. Yeah, in, in I, think, I think so. It's it's Yes. And it's... Because, and actually, that speaks to an aspect of it, which is, like, I think of this as the next... Like, this does connect to Moana for me. Yeah. Because it's it's the first time they've made one as satisfying since then. Yeah. Um, I, I do you know... I may even go as far as to say that I might have found this more satisfying than Moana. Huh. Moana I absolutely love. Yeah. But when I think of it, I think of it being a little bit disjointed in the sense of being yeah. a, a series of vignettes and yeah. and having the the Twitter joke and things like that. Like yeah, I, yeah. I, I remember some of its negative qualities and the fact that I rarely make it through the whole film without losing interest uh. these days. But then that's I'm an old man, so why? <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Um but like this one, I really, I was really carried through by this one. Yeah, they, yeah. they held my hand and they pulled me through the whole film in a way that I really enjoyed, and it kept getting better. It yeah. kept improving as it went along. Well, that's because it was building on itself. It was building on itself. 
The other way that it's similar to Moana is that it centered in 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 the ways that I'm currently thinking of. Obviously, yeah. you know, you sit here all day and pick out the words, but um, it centered on just a young woman, mm-hmm. and she was quite realistic. Yeah, and in in this case, they stepped it up like she was more realistic. I I was really impressed throughout that they managed to make a Disney film that feels like a Disney film, and it, and the protagonist is just someone. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I mean, and, and I know that I know that's kind of the point. Yeah, that is of the point. this character. But, but like, they nailed it, though. There are so many films where that wouldn't have worked. Where it's just a you know, not a magic gimmick character or not a funny gimmick character or whatever. Or not a princessy yeah, character. Just a realistic person who they have to, and this is the key thing, animate. Yeah, she's an animated character, but she's not a very exaggerated character. No, and no. The, it, it, I mean, I'm sure we'll probably have like we'll probably focus on animation, storytelling stuff, but like, yeah, just to briefly cover it all, the yes, the animation on her was quite amazing for how subtle it was yeah. in portraying a realistic person, but still in the parameters you expect from an animated Disney. Film. Yeah, yeah, like there was some, yeah, like because she's a more subtle personality, yeah. it requires slightly more subtle animation because mm-hmm. the emotions that she is feeling at times. You know, outside of the big musical yes. numbers where she states yes. what she's feeling, uh, they're much more like subtle emotions of, you know, like social responsibility and like yeah. feeling like you are battling a slightly complex idea in your own head. Yes, there were a lot of, there were two or three key moments where an animator had to show her having conflicting feelings without stating any of them. Yeah. And yeah. they did it. They did it better than I think I've ever seen it done. I, I'm i glad that you also picked yeah. up on that because like... Like like she was projecting one emotion while hiding another and that was all clear and it was silent. Yeah. Or, or at least she was silent in those moments. Yeah, yeah. Brilliantly done. Really, really well done. Yeah. So like... Yeah, I mean, so for anyone who doesn't know anything about <laughs> yes. this and needs the sort of elevator pitch on it, how would you describe the story of this film? Okay, um, it's about uh, Jahan's face falling as he realizes he's asked me to do this. No, uh, I just thought a... <laughs> I thought it'd be more entertaining if you. Right? Did. Okay. Yeah. I suppose it will be. Yeah. <laughs> it is about a magic house yes. that exists for some reason, and everybody who lives in it, who uh, it's one big family that lives in it, and the main ones in that. Which family... I had a question about. But, but, okay. Sure. Yeah. But, yeah. Go on. But the main ones in that family. When they, what, come of age at a certain time in their life... Yeah. I don't know when it was, but they they get a door. And it's their door. And they go up and they put their hand on the door handle and they get a power. Yes. And everyone's got a magic that they do. Well, they get a power and then they also get their own magical room. room. Yes, it's very much like Dizzy Heights Hotel in that regard. What? what? The, um, (laughs) The children's BBC sitcom with Eustace. And do you remember the, those horrible puppets? And it was a hotel, and the children all had a room that was there. It was like like the that's my hole. It was made for me, but of rooms. <laughs> and they would go in, and like the one who wanted to be a ballet dancer would find a ballet room, and, and then they become, become horribly distended. Horribly distended, and then that, and that was what Eustace was. Yeah. <laughs> Doesn't matter, don't worry. About it. <laughs> um, yeah, and they get a room that goes. With, although I think. Did I just notice that late, or did the film not really establish that until the kid got his amazing one? I think it mentioned, it alluded to the idea right. that they had rooms, but 
certainly when the when the kid whose name I don't remember, but not because I didn't like the character, I just didn't no, remember character. his name. There's so many names, I don't remember any of them. I know, yeah. I don't we, even, hang on, actually, I don't remember even the main one. Mirabelle. Yes. Yeah. Yes. But, yeah, no, the little talk-to-animals kid. Yeah. He, um, the moment that he opens his door mm. and his room is then essentially, you know, manifests in front of his eyes. That, I think, is a reveal. Like, it's a reveal right. of, like, this is the extent of what happens when you open the right. door. Right, sure. Yeah. So, yeah, they all get so their... they get they get, a, they get a magic each. They they get to be X-Men. Yeah. They get a room and in which, that, that's sort of built to resemble or to help the thing they do. Yes. And that's it. And then they all live there and they all help out to essentially keep their whole town running. There yeah, seems there's to be all the people that Yeah, there's a whole town sort of associated and it's, with this mansion. And it's all, you know, more or less ruled over by Abuela, who is... The, the matriarch, the, the grandmother. She's yeah. the, yes, I don't yeah. know her actual name, but she is yeah. in charge of it and she, her main thing seems to be wanting to keep it all going. Yeah, because she was there on from day one. Yeah. You know, this magic that this all comes from, you know, it stems from this magic candle. Yes. It manifested for yes. her. So, yeah, like, the grandmother is very protective. She's, you know, she kind of keeps... She mm. runs a tight ship in this yes. family and over this town to kind of make sure that everything is perfect and everything's going according to their traditions and yes. so forth. Uh, and obviously the... The, the the spanner in the works of all this yes. is our heroine Mirabelle. Yes. Um played by Stephanie Beatrice, who we I know up. her from In the Heights. Other yes. people know her from Brooklyn Nine Nine. I know her from In the Heights, and she also briefly guested in the Darkwing Duck episodes of the New DuckTales as Gosselin. That's who Gosselin is. I knew I recognized <laughs> her, yes. Yes. Um but yeah, so um she is a member of the family, and she didn't get a power. No, she's the only one. Yes. And you can tell that there is this simmering resentment in the family about that. Yes. And she's dealing quite well. She's got this yeah. teeth-grinding happiness about her in the opening Th of the film. There's different People seem to have differing levels yes. of reaction to her. Like, clear, some of them clearly sort of resent it. Uh -huh. Like, some of them just sort of view her as this kind of, like, awkward little fact about their yeah. perfect lives yeah. that they like to sort of ignore. Others just clearly feel sorry for her in, yeah. in a, a like, an uncomfortable sort of way. Mm -hmm. And she is just trying to make the best of it mm -hmm. and seems to be doing a pretty good yeah. job, yeah. by and large. Yes, I was, I was impressed that at the start of the film it wasn't about, you know... I was I was impressed that the music didn't drop to a sad piano at any point. You know what I mean? Yeah, it's, yeah. She actually was mucking along quite well. I mean, there is a family member about whom that is true, but it's not her, and we'll yeah. come to him later. Um, but, like, yeah, no, like... And that's the sort of basic initial setup of the movie, and that is where all of this interesting emotional stuff that we're talking about comes from, because... Yeah. They really do a fantastic job in the first, like, 20 minutes of this film putting you in this very awkward emotional situation with the heroine where she yeah. does love her family. She loves the town that she lives in that's, you know, blessed by and provided by this magic. Yeah. And she loves her family and the family loves her. Yeah. But it's all a bit weird. <laughs> yeah, it's all just a bit weird. 
Yeah. Because she doesn't have this. She was supposed to. It was clearly a massive Nobody source. knows why not. No one knows why not. Just didn't. It just didn't happen. Because they have a ceremony where yep. they open that door and it just didn't work. Just yep. didn't happen. And everyone's just, like you say, mucking along as best they can. And as best they can has limits, clearly. Yeah. And she, yeah, like you say, there's this sort of slightly fixed grin that she has sometimes <laughs> when she is confronted with yeah. people reminding her of the fact that like, Wait, so what happened with you then? Yeah. And why don't you have one of these? And she's yes. like, it's all fine. It's all fine. Don't yes. like, I like it here. I'm just as special as any of the rest of my family. My family love me for who I am. And it's all fine. And that's all true, but it's also <laughs> not. Yeah. And that's a lot to animate. It's, yeah, it is. It's quite a grown-up set of feelings. And it's um, yeah. something that they pull off really well. And they manage to make it sympathetic. And they manage to make it funny. Yeah. And they managed to make it the subject of a song. Um, that's the, there are these kids asking her like, "What's your power?" And instead, she tells them what other people's powers are. Yeah, yeah. And that introduces us to the family as the audience. And I thought that was a really clever use of Lin Manuel Miranda's style mm. because Lin Lin Manuel Miranda, he one of the things he likes to do musically is have these songs that kind of like accelerate. With, yes. it, with sort of increasing levels of like lyrical franticness and like as it as it transitions from you know that sort of talk singing patter type yeah. thing into like full on high speed rapping kind mm. of stuff and like I'm a I, I'm I'm a fan of his music and I thought by the end of this film that trick was wearing a bit thin I thought they did it a few they folk they made it the focus of a song yeah once too many I think. I agree. But I think it worked really well in that song, yeah. in the in that opening song, because it sort of like it was used to represent her increasing yes, franticness, exactly, to sort yeah. of as her awkwardness escalates, yeah. and she's trying to describe her the other members of her family in more and more detail yeah. in order to evade the children's questions of wait, what's up with you, though? Yeah. Um, so that I thought was a very good use yeah. of that. And I'm glad because I, I kind of wasn't really into that song up until that point. Yeah, the, same. At the start, I was like, oh, wait, I'm, I don't think I like this. And then when that started ramping up on, oh, yeah. no, this is good, actually. Yeah, yeah. It's like, But but I still think that was my least favourite. I song. agree. Yeah. I agree. And it's it was weird to lead with that one. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, it's... Like you say, it is a good... It's a good, like... Um, the, like the character and the character dynamics are complex and they're complex and in, in a way that's like that feels true to the specific dynamics that go on in a large family that where there is a lot of sense of duty and that it's happy mm. but also there's all this weird interpersonal awkwardness yeah and like it's good isn't it it is good and so this film's directed by um, Byron Howard and Jared Borsch. Oh, now the first name I know. Why? He is, was the co-director of Tangled and Zootopia. Ah. Aha! And I trust this guy, mm. <laughs> basically. And I'm not just saying that because I wrote a blog post about Zootopia in 2016 and I tweeted it at him and he thanked me. <laughs> <laughs> oh no, that was a good blog yep. post though, I remember. Yep. So my mate Byron directed this... <laughs> <laughs> With with Jared Bush, one of our industry contacts. Yeah, exactly. I don't. I, I try not to talk yeah. about it too much, yeah, yeah. but you know, me and him are 
I'm ho- I'm holding up my fingers and they're crossed in a way to show that how solid we are. Yeah, but you, you won't be able to hear that no. on the podcast. But no, you know, the- they, they, are, they are literally on Jahan knows his name terms. Yeah, exactly right. And he maybe looked at a blog post. Mm. Likely not. Mm. He likely yeah, did probably not. <laughs> But anyway, yeah. So he, <laughs> but he should have because it was a good one. Yeah, exactly, exactly. Byron, <laughs> read it. So yeah, it was him and Jared Bush. Jared Bush was one of the co-writers on Zootopia and also Moana. Mm-hmm. Um, right. Okay. There you go. We, we like all the films mentioned so far. Yep. Exactly. Or are you selecting? Have they also done any films we hate? I don't think. So. <laughs> I don't think like those are the those are the ones that they've been most involved in. The reason I sort of bring them up at this point is because, like, maybe not so much Tangled, per se, but, like, Byron Howard is the guy, as I said, who co-directed Zootopia, and which I think is one of Disney's other high watermarks in writing characters who feel like real people. Oh, yeah. You know what I mean? Putting them in situations that feel like a situation, a circumstance that you would recognise from domestic real life um you know and i feel like he might you know maybe byron howard is the go-to guy for doing stuff like this now but like just every aspect of the way that this film is constructed it just feels like it's a film that has a good setup and then that setup like executes on itself over the course of the film it builds the situation develops like it develops in the sense of you've got you've got the magic house you've got the magic family you've got the normal girl and then things start going wrong in the house mm. the house is you know there 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 emerge signs that the magic of the house is starting to fail mm. you know this is expressed visually through like literally the house is starting to fall apart and crack people's powers start fragmenting and like going on the blink and yeah you know it becomes increasingly clear that there is in fact a problem with the source of the magic and that it's up to our heroine to investigate and i mean it sounds like a pretty rote setup in a lot of ways but the thing that i like about it is it's just there's an aspect of a lot of disney movies like kind of going back to the very start of like at the very start of Disney making feature length movies mm-hmm. where you saw they can feel quite bitty and quite like fragmented and quite like you're just watching a series of vignettes sort yeah. of stapled together because frankly I'm sure back in the early days that's exactly what they were doing mm-hmm. like that what we were watching back in the you know 40s 50s 60s 70s even that like what we were watching was a studio full of animators who are used to making silly symphonies or whatever, yeah. Merry Melodies shorts, where it's just like, and now here's here's a bit of business for 10 minutes or something <laughs> like that. And then that finishes and then it's on to the next thing. So, you know, you may as well be watching a series of shorts yes. that are kind of interconnected. Yes. And like... Obviously, Disney has left that behind as a sort of a way of making films and a a sort of a background for their animators Mm -hmm. years or like decades ago. But I don't feel like they've ever completely left that behind as a style. Like, I still feel like that's... 
if all else remains equal, that their style kind of drifts back towards that point mm. where you just feel like what you're watching is a series of bits and a series of vignettes, and it's like a okay, we're doing this now. For well, I think 10 minutes. that might be because it. Even though it's a style that's gone out of fashion, yeah. Disney were like the last people who really profited from it in a way that we all really liked. So like when you do think of old Disney films, yeah. you think of hi-ho and stuff, don't you? It's yeah. like, and I know that that's slightly different when it's a song. That's yeah. necessarily its own little packet of film, but... But, though, still, you do think of like the bit where this and the bit where that yeah. more than you do with other films, perhaps. Yeah. And so, um, One, like the be- I think the example that comes closest to my mind is Jungle Book. Yeah, which is such a series of yeah, vignettes. that is that is a series of vignettes film, and it's one of the ones that does it the yeah. most successfully. There's the elephant march bit, yeah. and then there's the car bit, and then there's yeah. the King Louis bit, yeah. and those parts are not really connected. No, it's just whether or not you how much you like them. Yeah, and that's one of the films where, like, yeah, there's there's hardly a dull one in the film. Yeah, exactly. But though, but you know, they don't really even share characters between sections of the film. <laughs> they don't even really share Khan. <laughs> <laughs> but I mean, honestly, Shere Khan. Yeah, he's the villain, quote yeah. unquote, <laughs> yeah. of that film. When does he show up? Well, how relevant is he yeah. to the vast majority of that film? Yeah, he isn't. He sort of sniggers in the background a couple of times, a and couple then of times, shows up at the end, and yeah. then shows up at the end, and then the end is its own bit. Yeah. Um, I suppose he has a kind of. Sauron-esque presence throughout. <laughs> well, he does that, doesn't he? Because they're trying. Yeah. To, they're always trying not to meet him. No, that's true. Yeah, and they're running into all these other people instead of. Yeah. You know, on their path to avoid him. To avoid him. Um, but yeah, like I say, that's that's a style that's like, you know, it, it's kind of been consigned to history in a lot of ways. Yeah. But like I said, not fully in terms of Disney. Like, mm. I still feel like their films have a tendency to go that way. Sometimes intentionally and in a way that's fun, and other times, I think, unintentionally, in a way that precludes a sort of, like, just a real clear story from being told. We were talking briefly about Moana before. To me, that's an example of a film that does that well. Uh Like, yeah, you know, you've got the bit in Moana where they meet the Jermaine Clement crab. Oh, yeah. Um, the bit where they meet the little coconut guys. Yeah, the Mad Max coconut yeah. guys. Yeah. And, like, and yeah, like, those bits aren't really related to each other. They're just, these yeah, are. Oh, God, you're right. It's a jungle book, that, isn't it, Moana? They're of. on a journey. Yeah. And they meet some stuff. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And these are the stuffs that, that they meet yeah. along the way. And that, but that's fun. Moana's a great film. And it's great, kind of, because it has that quality to it. Yeah. But the downside is sometimes you then get something like Ryan the Last Dragon, mm. where the quali- that's very much structured yeah. similarly, where it's just like, we are going from place to place to place, we're doing bit after bit after bit, they're not really related, we meet a guy in each mm-hmm. of these areas and they come with us. Yeah. And then, you know, it all adds up to something in the end, I guess. But I think I really enjoyed seeing Encanto after having seen Raya, because Raya, I thought, was an example of a film that actually needed a clear plot through line and didn't have one. Mm. And what it did instead was the Disney school of vignette-style storytelling. And I thought Raya was one... It's like, yeah, but you've set this up as like a kind of a big sweeping action-adventure sort of epic. Like, I feel like I would want to watch a story that 
developed scene by scene by scene Mm. and where I felt like there was a clear sense of continuity from scene to scene that each scene was adding up to this overall quest that they were on and I didn't really get that from Raya and that frustrated me about that here no feeling of that at all Mm. this was a tightly written film like where you've got this kind of like you've got the character you've got like What's she? Mirabelle, you've got her sort of like her gradually developing sense of self and her, yeah. you know, the, the con- her internal conflict becoming externalized and her working through like, I'm, ha- you know, I'm happy with my role as the family's sort of, you know, pity project or whatever, <laughs> yeah. where, where I'm here and everyone's like, that's nice that you're here. Yes. And it's like you, you get the sense that she she'd just be doing the tidying up, except they don't even let her do that. No, like she's literally still sleeping in like yes. the, the nursery. That's an interesting point. Yeah, where they keep like the kids. Yeah, whoever before, the current kid is. Yeah, whoever the current kid is. That's where the kid. Where that's where they stay until such yeah. time as they can get their own magic room. Yeah. And she's just still she there. She just hasn't got one. So yeah. they haven't even given her a non-magic room yeah. that they've got lying around. Yeah. Which I thought was a bit cheeky because the room, the house seems to be her friend. Yeah. And it was like, well, give her a room. It doesn't <laughs> be a magic room. Yeah, but... Uh, well, oh, the house is alive. Did we I say th- that? I think we did mention We did, yeah. yeah. It yeah, can yeah. do all stuff like tiles will ripple to move things around, that sort of stuff. Yeah, and sometimes tiles will sort of tinkle around to sort of like indicate that the house is speaking or communicating an idea and people seem to understand it even though you the audience don't they Um, did they did a lot of good um sort of puppeteering with it where yeah something looks like shrugging even though there's actually no real reason why it would yeah it was it was a real high watermark of house acting yeah yeah well yeah they would they were doing their i suppose what people our age call magic carpet work where yeah yeah, they, they sort of approximate human gestures by bits of house. I thought that was really good. Yeah, that, that was nice and that was clever. But yeah, so she has this role and she's basically at a certain point essentially decides, no, this isn't working. And like, and now I see that there's this problem that's arisen in the house and in the family. Mm-hmm. So I'm going to take it upon myself to fix it. And then that'll be my role, yeah. sort of. Um and what that in what that would seem to invite is a structure where it's just like she then goes from place to place doing a thing yeah. in each place. Yes, because she could have gone from family member to family member and yeah, sorted them out or whatever. Yeah, which she sort of sort does, of. but also it's more disciplined than that. Well, I felt that it. And I don't know to what extent this is actually Lin Manuel, who is now. He's now Alan Menken. Like, he's just going to do... Or Howard Ashman. Or Howard... Yeah. Well, he's kind of a bit he's of both. He's kind of both, isn't he? Yeah, he's yeah. a bit of both. The reason I say Alan Menken is that he's now the de facto songwriter for Disney films. Seemingly, yeah. Yeah. And Howard Ashman, because he seems also to be on the story team. Yeah. And, yeah, he um, had a story credit on this. He did. So I don't know whether this is him, but in this, I felt that, yes, most of the main characters in the family had their own song. And uh, there would always be more than one thing going on in the song. You couldn't really lift them out and play them separately because they would always... Some other character would be saying their thing at the same time. And what they're saying is kind of a moving the plot along kind of thing. exactly. It's very specific. But maybe maybe that's how it was done, but I didn't get the impression from the songs that it was like, okay, now spotlight on this character 
this set this bubble of film is separated off and it's this character no they always felt like the way in a in a musical in the actual full stage version of a musical that you might be familiar with the film of yeah oh they they all had a song but in the film they just cut it down to the story ones in this everyone has a song but it doesn't feel like like every single person no yeah like but a lot of them a lot of them do yeah more than you'd expect and yeah. uh, and it doesn't feel like it's stopping the film to talk about someone's inner situation. No, and nor does it. Yeah, nor does it feel like those segments of the film are like separated off from the rest of yeah. it. Like the ongoing story just continues to happen. Yeah. Like constantly, and like I think that's one of the benefits of the fact that like, and I wasn't. Sh- I had heard this about the film, and I was unsure whether I thought that it was going to work out as a good thing but it did Mm -hmm. the fact that this film stays in the house oh god it does like you're right nobody goes off on a quest or nothing nope it all just happens within this oh that's wicked yeah i never even thought of that yeah and like i like it more now right i'm going again (laughs) but yeah it's like but and, and but that doesn't feel limiting because they have all these magical spaces within the house um, that that give you some kind of like sense of, you know, geographical variety yes, and yes. like scenic variety, like Metroid Other M, <laughs> just like Metroid Other M. Yes, <laughs> exactly like that. Um, <laughs> yeah, they have a holographic jungle room in uh, both things. Yeah, they? and then there's the bit where Mirabelle goes through the room of lava and she's yeah. not allowed to wear anything. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that was a weird choice. <laughs> But yeah, uh, not allowed to wear anything. That's yeah. not even what happens in Metroid on the rest. Sorry, sorry, Samus. <laughs> yeah, not only are you not allowed to sw- switch on the heat protective suit, <laughs> you have to take the existing suit yeah. off. Yeah, yeah. okay. Because um, you, you get it singed. That's company property. That. <laughs> uh, yeah, no, yeah. So just like Metroid Other M, yeah. the the this film doesn't leave the house, but you get the variety of going from sort of rel, you know, sort of these interior realms within the house. Uh, she is dealing with different members of the family. Yes, but what again though? That doesn't take them outside yeah. of the realm of reality that the rest of the film was happening mm. on. So, you know, you're still go you're still cutting back to the ongoing yeah. the cutting back to makes it sound yeah, like yeah, that's you, happening separately. No, no you just like, end up visiting I mean there's even there are even parts where you fight like you're interested to see oh that's how that bit geographically physically connects to that bit. You know when what's name I, I do know his name, but I don't know whether I don't know whether to do a no spoilers section or a spoilers section but the part where he just moved a painting and went off through a passage yes and I was yeah, like, oh yeah. right cool so that connects up to there yeah 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 like a metroid <laughs> <laughs> uh, we're recording this a few weeks after uh, metroid dread yes so <laughs> it's on my brain and we were literally talking about it before yeah. we started recording yeah. so in doing so we've ruined this episode <laughs> So thanks. Yep. Um but yeah, like as a result of keeping it all in the same house though, it keeps the story really tight. Yeah. And it keeps all of the the strands of the story really yeah. tightly woven together. So like the characters aren't passing in and out of each other's like uh spheres of influence. Mm. They're not 
there isn't, as you say, and as I'd sort of expect, even though I had heard that it's it's said in the house, but I'm like, yeah, but surely though there will be a, an adventure, yeah. like an adventure yeah. zone in the house where they can go away, for, where whoever it is that's going to be our main quote-unquote traveling party yeah. of this movie will go away and go and do their own thing for a while. That doesn't ever happen. Why have we... I hadn't thought of it, but now that you say it this way, I completely agree. Why have we started to assume that that will be the story in a Disney film, that a party will go off on a quest over hill and dale like what because it's literally how they've been making films for 80 years <laughs> yeah i wonder why because it's easy to do vignette based storytelling yeah, when yeah. you do it like that yeah. i think that's literally all there is to it yeah and one of the best people to have ever worked for disney so far at not doing that seems to be Byron Howard. Yeah. Because Zootopia wasn't this either, even though that yeah, so, too yeah. was... Although that had a wider... That had a, such a wide setting that there was never any... Like, that they, they were in a city there, not a house. Yeah, yeah. So I guess it's more impressive in this case. But at no point in Zootopia yeah. do you ever feel like... Um, so we've got our establishing scenes cast. Yeah. And then at a certain point, we will leave them behind yeah. while... Our, our actual, you know, band of heroes protagonists go off on their adventure. It's like, no, I didn't feel like that was the case in Zootopia either. And here, very much not. Like, mm. it's one of the few Disney films that I feel genuinely has, like, an ensemble cast. Yes. Um, Who are all kind of there pulling their weight. Like, I don't know, maybe there aren't as few of... Or maybe I'm just forgetting a load of them. I'm sure there are. I mean, like... Um, but there aren't um, like I, the one that comes to my mind most readily is Beauty and the Beast. I would say that's pretty ensemble, isn't mm -hmm. it? Yeah. Like that doesn't just have a couple of characters who are the main characters. Like there's a lot of characters in that who are the main characters. Yeah. But yeah, I don't know. This one I just thought was a very good example of it. It really like, is, you know? and these characters are like so many versions of this film. You never would have got to know a lot of these characters yeah. in the depth that you do. Yeah. And I thought, as you know, even as, you know, we were about, let's say, a third of the way in the film, I thought this film would be one of them. Introducing all those characters at the start, I yeah. was like, okay, well, we're not going to really, really spend time with these. But then we did. They got, yeah. they got a song. Yeah, and we found out about them. And it was, yeah. I found them all, there, there weren't really any really weak links in terms of performance or yeah. their contribution to the overall story that happens. And they're... This is. It would have been so easy to make it that she's the only one we really care about, and the rest of them are them. Yeah. Like the rest of them are the equivalent of ugly sisters or all those elephants at the start of Dumbo, or whatever. It's the them crowd. They're and they're static. Yeah. And nothing really happens with them. Yeah. And the only thing that they're important for is that they have a bit that they a do. bit that they and every time our hero tries to engage them in her story, they just turn her away, and she's on her own. But no, actually, they all start to get involved as yeah. the film goes on. And they all change. Yeah. Or a lot of them change. Yeah. And like, you know, in different ways as well. Yeah. Like, you know, like, her adventure sort of has positive impacts on some of them and negative impacts yes. on other ones. Yeah. Like, you know, so the... Oh, God, I wish I could remember any of their names. I don't think I ever knew any of their names. Yeah. 
I knew the name of the strong one during the film, but I can't yes, remember it now. Yes, me too. She was a highlight. She was. Um, and she has a fantastic song. Yeah, I really liked her oh, I song. I love that song. I think, the, to me, the two best songs was her song and We Don't Talk About Bruno. Yeah, yeah, agreed. Those are excellent songs. Really good. Um, Might be getting the album, this one. I mean, I, it's a new Lin-Manuel Miranda musical. <laughs> musical. Like... It would he'd have had to have dropped the ball quite badly for you not to have got the album, right? Well, it's just that getting the album is an outdated thing in itself. Yeah. Like I know I'm only I know I only do it out of nostalgia for yeah. the day I got what the Aladdin one, the yeah, Little Mermaid yeah. one, the Lion King one. But because yeah, let's face it, have, have I ever listened to the Moana album since I got it? No. <laughs> But it's good, though, isn't it? Yeah, yeah, yeah. It is. It clearly is. In a, in another 20 years, I'll be like, oh, look at this old artefact. <laughs> oh, look at this. Why will your accent have changed so significantly <laughs> since then? <laughs> we never know where I'll have lived. I'm just I'm leaving it open for the possibility that I'll move around. <laughs> I mean, I suppose, yeah. Okay. <laughs> oh, look at this artefact. This artefact of back then, when I lived somewhere else. <laughs> um, but yeah, yeah. So And that was bigger. <laughs> From this era where I wasn't Albert Steptoe. <laughs> just what happens to you as you yeah. age. I mean, I assume it does. Yeah. To, to be honest, looking forward to it. Oh, yeah. Imagine. <laughs> How free you would feel. I know. Yeah. That's what I saw in Albert Steptoe. <laughs> Liberation. Yeah. There's a man. I'd love to be able to have a bath in the sink. <laughs> the one thing I can remember about Albert <laughs> I didn't even remember that. I just remember <laughs> that he's horrible. <laughs> and that he has a son. Yeah. I assume from the yeah, title. He, yeah, he does, yeah. <laughs> um, but yeah, uh, losing all of our international listeners there. If yeah, you, but they had the Americans yeah, had one, didn't they? Exactly. Sanford. Sa- exactly. If yeah. you're in America, feel free to imagine that we said Sanford and yeah. son. <laughs> and this is an impression of Sanford. <laughs> It isn't an impression of Stepto. <laughs> it's not That's not what he sounded like. No. Anyway. Anyway. So, um, what the hell was I saying? God, uh... Uh, what I was no, what I was going to say was the fact that like I did actually enjoy watching these various different characters who inhabit this house and this story, kind of just bouncing off each other in these like sort of unexpected ways. Yeah. There's a certain kind of sense of controlled chaos to the character yes. arcs. That I thought was like really fun. Yeah. That does stand in like stark contrast to, you know, not just to keep bashing it, but Ryan the Last Dragon, mm. where it's very. You said it yourself before we went to see this film. The fact that you're going in Ryan the Last Dragon, you're going from place to place to place, and the first person that you meet mm. in each yeah. place is the only important person. Yeah. You know what's going to happen with them. You know that they're going to become friends with her for some reason. That they're going to join the travelling party and then... Oh, I just thought of something clever I should have said about it in the episode. <laughs> it's... does Raya and the Last Dragon feels like one of those things where they take, like, two seasons of an anime and they make it into a film yes. for theatrical release. I, I Did we, in fact, say that? I don't like, think we like, did. We didn't, because... There's time to splice it in! <laughs> <laughs> this, what we've just said now. Yes! <laughs> you can put that in. No, I definitely felt that yeah. with Ryan the Last Dragon, which, frankly, is what... 
added to mm. my overall sense that comparisons between that film and, Av- and Avatar and Last, yeah. Last Airbender are fair yeah. because it does feel like a compressed season of TV. Yeah. And it's... Raya and the Last Dragon is the new The Brave Frog. <laughs> oh, God. <laughs> I'm not... That's, that feels <laughs> like a, a blow too low that I'm not willing to countenance. But yeah, it just meant that there was this real air of predictability about Raya and the Last Dragon mm. as well, though. Because even though they were picking up a bunch of sidekicks, you knew that's all they were. Yeah. And you knew that was the only function that they had. And mm. the, the only characters in Raya and the Last Dragon for whom their eventual outcomes were in any kind of doubt or that like there was any sense of surprise to what was going to happen with them was like, I know, Raya and the dragon and then also the sort of the antagonist girl. Mm-hmm. Like, and that everyone else was just going to be there and mm. was just going to fill up the periphery yeah. and do their bits. Yeah. Do their bits, go through their shtick, say the kind of funny banter lines that that stock character type is required to say and then fade off into the background whenever anything important needed to happen. (laughs) Whereas in this film, like, you know, it's not to say that, like, it's it's a true, true ensemble in the sense of, like, it feels like every character is just as important as every other one. But it did sort of feel like there's... No, all of these are real people, though. Yeah, like, they were all there for, for a reason. They all turned out to be useful to the problem that was being solved. Yeah. In a way that, yeah, I guess technically was like, oh, well, you use your ability, you use your power for this bit and you use your power for that bit. But it, but it felt more interconnected than I've just made it sound. It was like, but there was also a real kind of diversity of like what each character ends up doing. Yeah. And like how they react to the problem and what kind yeah. of personal journey that sends them off on yeah. and where they therefore end up as a character. Yeah. You know, so you've got like the, you know, the, the sort of the perfect sister mm. one who comes off as like the haughty, irritating one who's at odds with our hero because, you know, she's the one who's most likely to look down on her you know, aggressively normal sister. Mm. But her plot outcome was not what I yeah. predicted it to be. Yeah. You know, you've got the, the the strong one who kind of just de- degenerates into a bit of an emotional wreck over the course <laughs> of the film, but, you know, in a way that's, like, entertaining and funny. Yeah. You know, as, as the kind of... Her whole song is about how she feels like she's on the verge of cracking under pressure. Yeah. And then the entire rest of the film is her cracking under that yeah, pressure. I think, look, I think that song is called Surface Pressure, and I think it's on YouTube. You should go and look at it as an example of one of the good songs in this Yeah, show. yeah, yeah. <laughs> and and the great animation and yeah. the sort of the, the, the deftness with which they're creating appealing characters. But yeah, in that regard, mm. you know what it reminded me of? Like, In the Heights. Mm. In the Heights was definitely a film where you've got a main ca- couple of characters, but then in the periphery, you've got a whole bunch of other characters who are on their own journeys. Yeah. And sometimes those are big journeys and sometimes they're little ones that you'll just see in a couple of scenes. Yeah. But they're all people in the same way that your main characters are people and the, they their lives are kind of like bouncing off each other, but it's like they don't feel like they're just absolutely tethered to the fate of... The protagonist. Yes. And that... I don't know, that just felt like... I don't know whether other Disney films do that mm. as well, but it felt refreshing to me watching it yes. happen in this one. Yeah. 
Uh, and it just meant that I felt constantly like, I don't necessarily know where all of this is going, but like I want to find out because yeah. I'm invested and I like these people. Yeah. And I like that I don't know where it's going. And, you know, yeah, so you've got that aspect to it. And then I thought that the actual plot kept me guessing as well. And mm. not just kept me guessing, but kept me intrigued. Yeah. In a way that... I keep saying that I'm not going to do it, but uh, the yeah. Raya's plot didn't. Well, okay, Raya is just the latest. Yeah. And it, and so it's, we feel, it, and it disappointed us sort of to the same degree that this impressed us. Yeah. So yeah. it's easy to come out. But there are a lot of current animated films where you you know everything that's going to happen quite soon yeah. at the start of the film. And you can, and sometimes you're like, ah, oh, I recognise the sort of film this is and I know what will happen. Yeah. Some of them you're like rolling your eyes and going, okay, I know what's going to happen here. Yeah, yeah. This one, yeah, no, I didn't know. I just knew I was having a nice time. Mm-hmm. And every time they sort of layer up the magical mystery aspect of yeah. it, of like... What is happening with this yeah. house? What are these strange visions she's having? Yeah. What are the magical mechanics of how this problem has occurred? And how will it resolve itself? I thought that they managed to portray that with a sense of, like, mystery and intrigue. Yes. That I found compelling. Because the way that it works is that you have the the fact that this house is crumbling around them. And then, you know, I, I won't be too specific because I'm trying to avoid a certain level of spoilers, but it... You don't have to be a mega genius to see oh how w- what the metaphor of this is going to be yeah. when it resolves. But when you know what that is, now you are seeing the the two sides of it both work. Yeah. The actual like what is happening in what there's there's magic, there's this prophecy, what's going on, that side of it. And then the metaphorical emotional journey that they're on, that they both work at the same time. Yeah. And also, because the emotional metaphor, as it were, situation they're in is a real one that nobody knows the answer to. Yeah. In real life, it keeps you guessing. It doesn't. You don't go. Oh, okay. So now I know they resolve it by this. No, yeah. you're like, yeah. No one. Know, nobody knows how to resolve this. Yeah, so what no, are they going to yeah, do? Yeah, 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 <laughs> yeah. Exactly. Yeah. It's yeah. You just start. You're put in this position of like, well, if I if yeah. I was in a situation where there was a magical fate yeah. that was going to happen as a consequence of me not being able to immediately resolve yes. the complicated dynamics yes. of my family. <laughs> I'd be like, oh, I guess I'm screwed. Yeah. <laughs> you You'd just be screwed, yeah. You know? um, but it does, but then it then does resolve yes. in a way that doesn't feel too neat mm-hmm. yep. and too easy, yep. but is still satisfying. Yeah. There is there is a moment in it where you go like oh that that oh that makes the magic work again does it but you don't because the emotional the the way you got there is completely satisfactory so like yeah of course yeah of course yeah exactly and that's that's to me that's the most important thing when you're yeah. doing a, a magical reality movie yeah. where you're inventing your own magical rules yep. the thing I hate more than anything else is when I feel like the rules of the magic arbitrary yeah and it's like ah well we were in this real tight fix here but don't worry i've i've touched the the crown of wood (laughs) or whatever and like you don't don't you know that if i do that yeah uh everything's fixed yeah and everyone's like oh yeah okay Mm -hmm. and i'm in the audience being like 
Yeah. Uh, okay, right. I, I suppose that's the ending then. <laughs> Whereas that is not what I felt at no, the ending of this one. I felt like, yes, that's the ending. That's yeah. that's correct. You've you've resolved this correctly emotionally and mechanically as well. Yeah. Um, I think that kind of that sort of covers it from the sort of the the broad uh-huh. strokes stuff. And I suppose, like, at this point, we can say, this is a really good one. It's a good one. It's yep. a really good one. Go and see it with confidence. Do it. We can now go into more of the specifics. You said you wanted to go into a few of the songs. Uh-huh. I want to go into a few of the kind of the more specific character details. All so right. shall we say spoilers from this I'll tell you what we'll say we'll say spoilers in a minute because my thing about the songs actually doesn't it's not spoilers okay I don't think and if it was if I was listening to this it would be something that I'd be interested to know to decide whether to go okay which is that this film well I don't have a term for this but when you start a song you are likely as not to go off into a special song universe in which yeah. the song will take place. Yeah. And I find that very interesting. And just within this film, I actually found it sometimes more successful than others. Mm. It's something that it's a it's a technique that doesn't always work, but that yeah. I'm always interested in. Yeah. And it's one of the things that when the trailers for In the Heights were coming out, yeah. was exciting about it because it seemed to be about to do it. Um and then actually, you know, I was even more satisfied with what they did, which was a, a sort of to, to my mind I really liked In the Heights as a as a musical movie and I agreed, same. And it like did the the perfect balance of this this film goes a bit over the top and i'm mm. interested in that and i like that so what i mean by that is they'll start uh, we've already said that like this a lot of the songs are this or that character saying what their deal is yeah and a lot of the time they'll be saying it to mirabelle yeah and then before you know it mirabelle and the character are like dancing through space together because now they've gone off on this hallucinogenic just song mirror song journey music yeah. video yeah, yeah 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 music video and exactly that can be too much for some people to me i find it quite exciting that they did that and it reminded me of old fashioned disney songs yep um but as i watched it i was thinking back and i'm like actually no wait did they do this in old fashioned disney songs not really because the ones i'm thinking of are basically friend like me where it's kind of canonically magic is yeah. being done around Aladdin so I'm thinking what else is there I guess like not many like Under the Sea was just them cutting music video like to different stuff that could be happening but that was actually happening yeah uh, Ditto Be Our Guest which was an actual show they were putting on I'm just thinking like in recent times you've got um, You're Welcome in Moana but again that's that's sort of an actual magic situation isn't it or at least it's being sung by someone who has magic this well alright these people have magic but not that sort this is it's more like the bits in the Yakuza games where you're doing karaoke and then it, you just go off to them in this fantasy world doing the song. Yeah, this is one of the many ways in which this film was like the Yakuza games. Like yeah. that bit where Mirabelle is just like walking down the street and then just starts leathering someone with a bike. <laughs> yeah, but that that kind of uh, music video magical not realism, yeah. unrealism, whatever the, whatever the term for this way of approaching songs is this film does it the sort where at the end of each song you smash back to reality yeah. having left reality in a way that that felt fairly natural uh yeah f- because of the way the song was being i've that i found that 
fascinating. That is a yeah. characteristic of this film that not many of them have. Yeah, because I'm thinking like of the uh, the strong lady song. <laughs> um, yeah. Whatever she is called, and the song is called. The um, song I think is called Surface, Surface Pressure. Surface Pressure, you said that, yeah. Because that's what it said on the YouTube video. I, I just searched pressure. I remember I saying pressure a lot. And it's not going to be called Under Pressure. No, it's unlikely to be called Under Pressure. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, but that one, there's no reason at all to think that she's occupying a magical space in singing that. Because no. that's not her deal. She's no. just strong. But her song involves her and Mirabelle, uh-huh. I think, like, being involved in, like, complete changes of environment. Like, yeah. they're, you know, they're, they're hanging off a cliff or, yeah. like, yeah. holding up massive boulders and stuff like that. Yeah, there's a bit where they're in space and she's holding up the planet. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And it's like... Yeah, no, I still think. Yeah, that's not that normal thing. No, no, but it doesn't feel that weird while you're watching it because it's that music video land that we are... And maybe we've been conditioned by the fact that there are now two versions of Friend Like Me and there's You're Welcome and there's all these other things. Like, it is this thing we're kind of used to. But in this context, we're not. And it's pure movie musical. Like, oh, what, yeah. what Moulin Rouge yeah. type stuff. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I guess. I've only seen that once on, on VHS and in the 90s. But you know what I mean? Like, yeah. it's, I think that did that. I think it did as well. I think, I, yes, it did. It did. And yeah, it's... It allows them to direct each line and give each line a visual metaphor. Yeah. Sort of leg up. Yeah, without being feeling like you're imprisoned in one specific conceit, yeah, or whatever. So you know, like I can't think of a worse example, I suppose, than than well, than the kind of like the, the purgatory they trapped themselves in with the Lion King remake. That's exactly the exact. If you if you hadn't said that, I was queuing up. I know a worse one. Yeah, and it was that. It was just can't wait to be king in that. But there's an example of a previous movie where they do go into musical yeah, land exactly. when they start singing the song exactly. for no external reason. Yeah. So it is done. Yeah. Although Disney at world. least so in that song they don't once they're in musical land it's mostly a change of color scheme and, and abstractness rather than actually going off to mostly it's they're just hanging around with animals in even the original version. But the remake version by not even doing that and yeah. making it this realistic we're just splashing around near some water. It was so grey and so dull yes. that it really highlighted the difference as much as if the original had been on this scale. Yeah. Oh, I don't, and then there was Be Prepared. <laughs> and then there was Can You Feel the Love This Afternoon? <laughs> it wasn't great that way. Uh, just such weird choices yeah. as well. Yeah. But like, um, yeah, yeah, yeah. So, But you said in this film there were times where you sort of felt they went Maybe too far? Would you I, would you be able to name any of those no, in a non-spoilery way? Or no, no, because I can't remember which ones they were. It was it was there was a I guess there was a couple of moments where I was like, "Whoa, they've taken this one quite far," and yeah. so to me that's fine. Yeah, but I, maybe there was, I think there actually was a moment where I was going like, "Is this a bit aggravating or not? Is this? Yeah. you know, have I do I need to adjust for my tolerance for musical bullshit? Yeah, here will normal people find this a bit much? And they may. Maybe, but also it's like, it's Lin-Manuel Miranda, though. It's yeah. like, he's Mr. Musical Bullshit. Yeah. You know what I mean? He's, he's like, the king of all the theatre kids. Yeah. Like, 
you don't get him in, and you certainly don't get him to be your new house composer. Yeah. If if your intention isn't to lean into all of that. Yeah. And well, I think this is the furthest they've ever lent. I say it's a good thing. Yeah. Um, because it produces good results. Oh God, yeah, yeah, yeah. I love it. I yeah. really love it. I can't wait to see some of these songs. And that was why. As soon as I left, I was like, I'm going to send one song to Abby. Yeah. And it was that one. It yes. was a pressure one. Because Abby didn't come to see this with us. No. And walking out of the film, we immediately thought, Abby should have seen yeah. this. <laughs> and yeah, I I think I'll be sh- trying to show this to people as yeah. well. Because it's good. Yeah. This is a good we one. We are trying to show this to you, listeners. Yeah, Go in, and in see this it. sense. Yeah, like, if you've been a little bit uh, disillusioned by recent Disney films yeah. in the way that we sort of had, this one's the one to kind of get you back on board and show that, you know what, they can actually still... I'm not, I'm not necessarily, as of today, calling this a new masterpiece or anything no. like that. But it's one of the quality ones. Yeah. It's one of the ones we're fond of. Because it's not... Well, no. I was about to say because it's not so high concept. But it is, isn't it? They're in a magic house and they've got magic powers. But it feels like it's a film about a real person. Yeah. And I guess the fact that she's placed... What they do is they place this normal person in in an overbearing family. And the way that it's overbearing happens to be magic. Yeah, yeah. But it always feels like it's a story about someone on your level... On someone who's a, just a person. Yeah. And the fact that they managed to pull that off and it not feel like, well, this shouldn't be a Disney film then. Yeah, yeah, Is yeah. itself impressive. It is. And again, Byron Howard's good at this yeah. stuff. Like, because there's a lot about Zootopia that you'd say on paper is like, really? A Disney film about that? Uh. <laughs> um, but I think that he does... Yeah, I mean, I know he co-directed... All three of the films that he's been attached, and three did he do Bolt? He, he might was he did he do Bolt as well? Because oh. if he did, then that was also good. Oh. Um, yeah, but I, you know, so I don't want to like give him soul credit, and like especially in the world of animation, oh, yeah, where can't. it's like yeah. you know, auteur theory doesn't he, really no. exist except for a real tiny handful of cases. But like the Byron Howard associated movies tend to take on concepts or like levels of complexity that you would think sometimes are like huh maybe is that is that disney can you do that yeah. with disney and still have it feel disney-ish and you know though the the films that he's made are like yeah you can you can if you're good yeah. <laughs> you, you can if you do them really well and this is done really well yep um so yeah like i say if you've not seen the film and want to just be convinced to see it, this is the point where you you decide that we have done a fantastic job of convincing <laughs> yes. you. And, you know, if it's appropriate, you go to the cinema to see it or you get that queued up day one on Disney Plus or whatever yeah. and watch watch this because it's a good one. I Like I said, I do want to go into a few more specific bits and pieces now that... Uh, Oh, spoilers! Yeah, let's. We, we've got to talk spoilers, so let's yeah. let's have the let's throw open the spoiler veil. Yeah, I don't know if you want to put a, put a klaxon or a jingle in here or what, yeah. but like. Spoilers. 
Let us open the, the spoiler door. Let's put our hands yes. on the glowing spoiler door. Yeah. And, and watch the realm of, the, the, the magic room of spoilers yes. form Here we go. Us. We're putting our hands now on the doorknob. Yeah. Oh, it didn't work. All right, that's oh, the no. end. <laughs> we're not special. <laughs> But as it turns out, we're, that's fine, because that's the moral of this film, in a sense. Yeah. And that is one of the aspects that I wanted to discuss about this. Right. Which is to say that, like, ultimately, one of the key, like, morals, or, like, themes, I suppose, of the film, a theme is a better word than moral, I would say, in this yeah. case, is something that I feel that has come up in a lot of, like, recent... Disney movies or like Disney affiliated movies, which is to say, and I think we discussed this before, maybe during the the Bad Mulan um, episode, mm. which I think it's come out. Hasn't I it? don't think it has. You don't? Oh God! Right. I obviously queued it up and prepared it, and then just didn't release it. Release that one. Oh, right. I, I I haven't heard that one back okay, since then. we've done it. Right. And I remember enjoying doing that one mm. a lot more than I enjoyed watching that film. <laughs> but like. I think I mentioned this as a concept then, but I'll reiterate it now because they won't have heard it then. They won't have heard it yet if they are only listening to this, <laughs> which is that there has been, I think, this recent trend in a lot of Disney-affiliated movies to embrace this thematic concept of, instead of, like, the hero's journey in the conventional sense of, like, it's about someone who, who starts out with potential, and then they need to realise their potential and in doing so prove themselves to the world. There's this sense of instead of like, no, you are you're fine, actually. Like you're already enough, you're already good enough. And it's about making the world realise that. And the world should be meeting you, the hero, or slash the viewer, halfway, because the world underestimates people like you. Yeah, there's a there's a degree to which you're going out there proving yourself. But in a sense, the most important person that you need to prove yourself to is yourself. Mm -hmm. Just prove to yourself that you're already good enough. Yeah. And then the bad people or the ignorant people of the world, they'll come to see the value that we, the Walt Disney Corporation, <laughs> already recognize in consumers like you. Um, and I've been a bit iffy at times at how that's been executed. Yeah. Uh because I understand the point of it, yeah. I, and I understand the good moral value yeah. of that as a message, especially as an evolution of the whole idea of like, oh, no, no, you need to prove yourself yeah. to to the world. Because, it, you know, you start getting into those realms of like, yeah, but then there's a lot of, there's a lot of people out there who are constantly having to prove their worth above and beyond what anyone need be expected to prove themselves. And it's like, you know, surely we shouldn't be judging people solely by like, yeah, but only by ticking this, this, and this achievement mm. off your list can we consider you like a real person. Yeah. You know what I mean? It's yeah, like, yeah. you know, and there are a lot of, I'm just, again, I struggle to think of examples right off the top of my head. So let me know if you can think of any just straight away. Of all Disney films where there's a sense like, by the end, the hero has done this, this, and this. And an establishment who had previously looked down on them were like, well done, mm. now you're one of us. And you're, we are now your friends. And we weren't your friends before. Yeah. And before we were dicks to you. 
But now that you've saved the world and stopped us all being murdered, we now finally recognize that <laughs> maybe you're fine. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> you know? And, like... I'm trying to think if that's what happened in Dumbo or not. Were those yeah. bully elephants on board with him and celebrating him at the end? I feel like they were. Yeah. Like, I feel like Dumbo might be an example I think it of might that. be. Yeah. Um, and, you know, I understand, therefore... This counter instinct, because you know, I think it, it it does resonate with modern audiences more. Yeah. This idea of like, you know what though? Why should you have to do yeah, that? Yeah, like, why do we care what they think? Why, why a why do we care what they think? Or b, no, that's up to them to grow. Yeah, it's not up to you. Yeah, like yeah, you know, you need to love yourself, but they need to get a grip. Yeah, and the trouble is, it, it's a it's a fine sentiment, except it when you make multiple films about it or when you make it a kind of a, a trope yeah it starts to sound like an advert for like sports gear or perfume or something yeah it just starts to sound really weak and corporate yeah and it sometimes leads to really static protagonists mm. who are who kind of essentially just sworn on to screen with this <laughs> sense of like well no there's nothing wrong with me yeah and I'm just going to spend two hours proving that there's I, nothing wrong with me. I believe we mentioned Emma Watson's Bell when we talked about Emma Watson's before. Bell is a fantastic example of yeah. that. New Mulan is a fantastic yeah. example of that. This film, it has the same angle to it of like, you know, you are already enough mm -hmm. aspect. Um, because, you know, like to, to spoiler the ending, I guess, it's like, it turns out that the problem, the problem with everything is that the... Uh, you know, the, like it, it seems it seems for a long time that oh maybe Mirabelle's presence is this sort of aspect of disharmony that's mm. sort of like tearing the family apart and therefore tearing the house apart and ruining the magic. But in fact, it's kind of decided more that it's like no, it's the grandmother. Like, yes, because she entertains the idea that Mirabelle could be the problem tearing them apart, and it's that unkindness. Yeah. That is in fact causing fractures in the family and therefore the house. Yeah, yeah. That basically the the grandmother has become so fixated on this idea of like they've been given this miracle yeah. and therefore they must live this sort of superhuman life of yeah. of like just That's the thing, their powers turn out to be metaphors for the extent that this grandmother character like expects perfection from them all. Yeah. Because everything that they've been given is this gift because mm. As you see at the beginning, but then also more sort of like powerfully in a flashback mm -hmm. towards the end. Her, she and her her husband and, you know, infant children mm. were... And I don't know whether this, this was an allusion to any kind of real no, historical I know, yeah. event. I don't know enough about Colombian history no, to that's, know. No, that's the thing. Um, but essentially, the, you know, they used to live in a more normal part of Colombia, presumably. Mm -hmm. And then... There were these horseback riding gangs of people like going around like sacking the village and mm. stuff like that. And they were driven out. Her husband was killed. And it was in that moment that like in her grief, this mm. this magic manifested and, you know, drove away these invaders and created this safe bubble for them all yeah. to live in. And ever since then, she's been holding on to this idea that like, you know, no, the, you know, like, We've been given this gift and, like, we have to make good on this miracle. And therefore, 
I demand absolute perfection from everything. Everything yeah. needs to be just so. Yeah. And it's sort of an, an ultimate explosion outwards of the concept of like, well, I've put this roof over your head. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. So therefore, you kind of all need to live a slightly subservient life mm. to and, and my... artificially... We have to be the artificial perfect family. Yeah. I did love how you gradually found out that that applied to everyone, not just her. Yeah. You start off the film thinking, no, it's just Mirabelle who's the put-upon one yeah. who is more is expected of her than she can give. And then you find out that, yeah, the ones who have these superpowers feel exactly the same way and are justified in feeling yeah. that way. Because, yes, she's putting that same pressure on them as well. Yeah. Yeah, and that that works itself out over the course of the film in yeah. a really organic way. Yeah. So, yeah, in the end, the grandmother kind of has to come to terms with the fact that she's been the one yeah. who's sort of, like, really put the pressure on that, that sort of shattered the miracle. So, in that respect, the moral is very much that, like, look, the grandmother, as, you know, the matriarch figure, she's the one who's been expecting too much of all of her children mm -hmm. and grandchildren, and that that's where you get this theme of, no, they're enough, they were doing their best. And she just needed to love the family that yeah. she had rather than this idealized version of how she needed things to be that only yeah. existed in her head. So And it all and there was as well as that, the the this another slight difference from the the we don't like version of like no you're enough and everyone else needs to learn, is that usually everyone else in those films yeah. is in some way against our protagonist. Yeah. Whereas that wasn't really the case in this. The The resolution was other people telling her she's enough. It was a conflict in her own... She was the one who didn't think she was enough. Yeah. By, at least by the end. And the thing that I liked about the way that that therefore resolves for all of the characters is the idea of, like, in order to get to that place, you actually have to do work. Mm, yeah. Yes, because those other films, you don't need to... You bother with the story. It's literally just something that at any time people could realise yeah, and just change their minds about. Whereas... The, or even that the protagonist could yeah. just flip a switch yeah. and realise this about themselves. Yeah. But here it's like, no, it, it's, it's paying attention to what I consider to be the older-fashioned Disney thing of, like, in order to self-actualise, no, you do actually need to work on yourself. Yeah. And there's a journey that you personally yeah. need to go on. And sometimes that means, like, having the bravery to sort of, like, be introspective and figure yourself mm -hmm. out properly, figure out what you can give versus what mm -hmm. you can't give. And then in doing so, like in working to sort of like develop this, a more accurate sense of yourself, you're helping your family in ways that yeah. like go above and beyond just fulfilling the role that someone set for you. Yeah. It's about like finding out... It's not out. just a fetch quest and she just goes and gets everyone's thing they want. No, they? exactly. It's like everyone has to kind of like take a moment to sort of like introspect, figure out what's wrong with them. Yeah. And therefore what they need to fix about themselves. And it all interlocks, doesn't it? Well, yeah. As all of those different... All of their different journeys connect together in in a very satisfying way become the same conflict in a satisfying way rather than a, oh, let's all team up sort of way. Yeah. And then that that feeds into this feeling that, like, yeah, they together they organically got to this point where they're all ready to learn this lesson rather yeah. than just could have done it at the start. 
And it all, you know, and it's all expressed through the very good visual metaphor of yeah. the house eventually just breaks apart completely yeah. and they have to physically rebuild it with work. Yeah. And that's, you know, like that is the visual metaphor for the work they've all done on each other and on themselves to yeah. sort of like find family relationships and, you know, relationships with themselves where they've actually made sense of who they all are yeah. and can therefore be the best versions of themselves for themselves yeah. and their family. Yeah, and yeah. it's like, that's good. That's the good version of that yeah. moral. That's the version of the moral that's like, not just, you're amazing, don't worry about it. Mm. Like, everyone else in time, they'll come around. Yeah. It's like, no. And they were all a bit more isolated at the start of the film, even though everyone except her ostensibly was working as a family unit the way they should. Yeah. They they kind of weren't. They were all off in their own category. Yeah. They were, and, I mean... And they all had their own route. Like, they were boxed off. Everyone had their own space. Yeah. And then, but at the end, when their abilities are coming back and they're doing... They're, you did get the sense that now they're doing it because they love each other. Yeah. Rather than just because, okay, this is my thing I do and we I've got to. Yeah, exactly. And, and they're now able to sort of reintegrate and sort of embrace all of what they actually are, including yeah. their flaws and the people in the family who are a bit weird. Yeah. Like, you know, and I think we've been steering around the character of Bruno because oh, yeah. his sort of presence is sort of a spoiler in a sense, but yeah. it's also not one. I mean, yeah, yeah, yeah. He's, he's introduced early on as like the problem member of the family. Yes. The one who's like... You think he's going to... You think he's going to be the villain? Yeah, if there him. was going to be a villain, yeah. that he might be it. But I think you become... You become aware pretty early oh, yeah. on that yeah. he isn't. Yeah. That... And it's even it's even introduced as a joke. The first time we hear about it is when they say we don't talk about Bruno in I think yeah. the opening song. Yeah. Um and but then you see his door see they all their doors, right? They've got a cool design on them yeah. that's like a an image, a sort of a glyph of that person. And his just looks like an evil wizard, doesn't he? He kind of yeah. he looks like this this big sinister conjurer and his thing that he does is see the future and he's messed up the family by seeing some disastrous well he's a cassandra isn't he you know the in the sense of like the person cursed with knowing the future Mm -hmm. but no one wants to hear what the future is and he's you know he's cursed with the knowledge of bad news about Mm. things to come that everyone whenever they hear it from him just shoots the messenger straight away (laughs) and everyone just hates him because he keeps telling them this bad stuff that then happens (laughs) yeah um but yeah, you know, obviously then he does show up and he's fine. You yeah. know, he's, he's fine. He's just this nice guy that... He's just, a, well, he's a bit messed up. He's a bit messed up, but yeah. he's likeable. Like it's clear that the problem with him was everyone's attitude towards him. Yeah. Yeah, I can't believe you didn't recognise that that was John Leguizamo. I didn't. It's amazing <laughs> that I didn't. I tell you why. I was fixated on the fact that I thought he... when I, not Not so much once I'd got to know him, but when I first saw him... Uh, when he first really appeared on screen, he looks a lot like Alex Lacamoire, who's the, um, so I, I think the director of Hamilton, certainly the oh. director, and he follows Lynn around in all of his projects, okay, and he's yeah. always somewhere. Yeah, yeah, And I'm yeah. like, is that meant to be Alex Lacamoire? <laughs> and uh, then, no, oh, okay, actually, it doesn't look much, that, that yeah. as much like him as I thought. Uh, by which point, there was no, I wasn't thinking about who's voicing this guy at all. I'd just come to accept the reality of the character. Yeah, so, yeah. No, I didn't. I didn't yeah. recognise his voice. Despite being a big fan of of his of one of his works, 
Are you even aware of having ever seen him in anything other than the Super Mario Brothers movie? Um, well, I know he's in Ice Age, and I don't care about them. Yeah, um, yeah. I, I saw Romeo and Juliet. I don't. I saw it once. Okay, don't yeah. remember it, so I don't know what he's like in that. So no, I've, there's nothing else where he's been a major character in it, and I've I've been able to evaluate his performance. He's an odd guy. He's quite like his his style is very wacky. Actually, yes. like. You know, much more so than you might think. Yeah, mo- if all you've seen him in is Super That's Mario. That's the Brothers. thing. So for for all the joking that we do and that I join in with, I genuinely think he in Super Mario Brothers yeah. is a very good actor who gives a very. Yeah naturalistic performance i just think he's very good in it <laughs> yeah and uh, and that's not a joke i think he yeah. is but so then all i've ever seen him in since then yeah is these big b- overblown wacky cartoon characters yeah yeah I, he turned up in a tv version as uh, as the genie of the lamp once right yeah and that was a big cartoon that's all i've ever seen him in big cartoon roles i think that's his natural <laughs> preference yeah like i think that's his natural preference i think he considers himself a comedian more than anything else. Yeah, he was a comedian before he was Luigi. Yeah. God, he... I've not seen the film. I, I've seen clips of it in reviews of it, but he did, like, like a star vehicle in the 90s called The Pest. The Pest, that was it. Yeah. I was I was going like, it's not The Jerk, that's Steve Martin. Yeah, yeah the, that's an ex- perfect example. We've seen the intro, have we not, to The Pest. <laughs> yes, you have. That been. is the John Leguizamo I'm talking about, but yeah. I don't... No, and yeah. whose work I haven't seen. Yeah, and I don't want to see, based <laughs> on having seen the intro to the past. Yeah, um, not a well-regarded film that one. But in but this was a Luigi. This was like a yeah. good performance that felt natural. And yes, a cartoon, but yeah. in this context, natural. And yeah, I thought he was great. In this. Yeah, he was. He was actually really good. Uh, yeah, that you know that there's a bit of a drum roll to that character over the course of the film, but like. Yeah, you know, he's good when he shows up. And the fact that he's then able to reintegrate with the family at the end is a really good, happy ending. And that, like, yeah, it shows the degree to which the the, the family situation has been repaired. And, yeah, it's just all the pieces just come together really nicely, I think. And I really just came away from it having very few, like, problems with it. Yeah. And this is a film it's just that, good. And, the, and like, and this was a film that I did kind of go in there, sort of. I would kind of say half expecting not to like. Yeah. Yes, I think that's fair. I and, think me too. Um, and I think it was unfair for maybe me to think that, but like, yeah. But we've had some films in a row, haven't we? Yeah. Like, well, not right. Here's what my thing was: we've had some films in a row from Disney and from Pixar, and I, frankly, do I find it difficult to tell which. Yeah. Like, which I, I can never remember which one my daddy's trousers uh, is by. Yeah. But we've had a few in a row that were fine. Yeah. Rather than, like, great. The, mm. You know what I mean? It really is sort of like, if I think back over the last several years, and I and, like which were the really good ones, I immediately go Tangled, Moana. Mm. And then there's lots of other good ones, and like uh, and I, I thought that um, Zootopia was good. You liked it more than I did. You, yeah. you put that right up. With oh, yeah yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. I put it nearly there. Yeah. Um... And I've no real reason to just like just I think in my just heart. connected with me yeah. more. Yeah, like I like I think Moana's really good, but I think I like it less oh, yeah. than you or the, yeah. like, than a lot of people. But it's really good, you know. Yeah, and so those are the ones that to me feel like the way a Disney film once did, where it's like yeah. this is a tentpole moment in animated films. Yeah, it, on, frankly, just because we're this old now and there are that many 
of yeah. them. There's just so many Disney films now that it's starting to matter less. Yeah. And so when I go to... There's 60 of them. <laughs> yeah. So now when I go to a new one, I go like, oh, here we go. We're about to have a My Daddy's Trousers. Yeah. And we didn't. We had a really good film. Yeah, yeah. Really, really memorable. I don't think it's quite up there with Tangled yet for me. That, to me, no. for some reason, I just loved that one so much. But it's up there with Moana, no no doubt. I've got to say, it took me a little while to sort of, like, fully digest Tangled as well. I don't, I didn't adore that straight out of the cinema, but mm. I do now. Right. So, I don't know. You never know how these things digest. Yes, and this is a film that's going to stand up to further scrutiny. I think so. In a way that some, including, like, Moana, don't really, because they're designed for you to watch and like the first time. Maybe, like, yeah. Um, f- Films like that, like... Well, specifically that film. I liked Moana the first time I watched it, and subsequent times I watched it were subsequent times I watched it. It yeah, wasn't the yeah. sort of film where you're like, oh, I've spotted this now, or like this deepens the more you watch it. I feel like this film will. I've no proof because I haven't done it yet, but yeah. it feels like the sort of film that's going to be just as good next time. Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, like I'm, I'm looking better. forward to finding out. Yeah. It's just, yeah, I'm just trying to kind of, like, pick back now over mm-hmm. reasons why I was kind of so, like, lukewarm going into it. Mm-hmm. I just, I don't know. There's a certain, I feel like there's a certain degree to which I was, I was expecting this film to feel more self-satisfied right. than it was. Uh-huh. And I didn't think it was. Could it be? And this is shallow, but could it have been subconsciously that the title was in a foreign language? Like that <laughs> does doesn't that a little bit set it up as like an up itself sort of a film? <laughs> I don't know if up itself is the right word for no. what that is, but like okay, this I'm gonna touch on a point that I think we've discussed okay. further outside of the po- realms of the podcast, but it's like there's a certain like it was something that, like, alienated me a little bit from In the Heights yeah. when we saw that. Because I thought craft-wise and filmmaking-wise, mm, yes. that was absolutely fantastic. But there was a certain... The material's relationship with its own kind of cultural trappings mm-hmm. didn't speak to me. Mm-hmm. Like, I thought it was a film that was, like... That really represented Lin-Manuel Miranda's, like... He's re- a guy who's really overwhelmingly in love with the sort of with his own cultural upbringing mm-hmm. in a way that's like, I mean, it's really nice. It's really nice. And he kind of put, he, he must be nice for him. He, kind of. <laughs> yeah. But it's like, it's sort of like, he gives it such a kind of a rich, fulsome uh-huh. tribute uh-huh. in everything he does. And like, but I, I always, I felt a little bit on the outside looking in mm-hmm. within the Heights. Cause it's like, I guess it's like, that's, you know, I, I, I I have my own cultural background, but I don't relate to it in the same way that, like, Lin-Manuel Miranda does to his, where it's like, he's going to go out and write, like, a musical love letter to his own block. (laughs) Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, it's that, to me, is like, wow, all right, steady on, almost. And there are degrees to which I sort of feel like sometimes, in recent times when they've done movies where one of the stated goals is we are going to represent this culture that sometimes I find what that translates to is we're just going to spend like 
ages and ages and ages sort of like luxuriating in the trappings of a culture. Yeah. In a way that's like cool, but not a replacement for a story to me. Which has reminded me the the Day of the Dead one. That's the film we've been forgetting all this time. Coco. Yeah. Yeah. Now is that Pixar or is that That's Disney? Pixar. Yeah. That is I I did didn't have that problem with that, but it was yeah. another one where it could have done that. Where yeah. it's like, check it out. Here is the This Culture animated film. Yeah, yeah. And that's what this is. It's a here is the This Culture animated film. What did you think of Coco in the end? I loved Coco. Yeah, I, I remember loving Coco. I don't yeah. remember it well enough, so it's time for me to rewatch I, it. I did rewatch it recently, mm-hmm. and it's brilliant. Mm. Like, it's, you know, absolutely put you put it up there with Pixar's best, mm-hmm. rarely. Now, that could have been one of these, though, couldn't it? That yeah. could have been a... It's ju- The thing about this is we've picked a culture. Here you go. Yeah. Sort of a film. But Coco was really inclusive. Yeah. Like, Coco was like... We're so, we're really excited about this culture, and we're gonna show you why. Yeah. Whereas, I don't know, like there were aspects of like when I saw it in the Heights, where I was like, mm. "This is Lin Manuel Miranda's love letter to himself." <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, yeah. I don't mean that as cruelly as it sounds, <laughs> but there were aspects of that where I did feel like I'm happy for you yeah. that you love Washington Heights this much, and I'm happy for you yeah, yeah. that. You find this level of meaning in the idea that sometimes you go around to your grandma's house and she cooks. <laughs> oh, yeah. You know what I mean? <laughs> but, like, and, but there's times in some of the recent Disney films where I've sort of felt a little bit like, I bet this means a lot to someone. Yeah. But to me, it's a bit like, yeah, okay. Mm-hmm. Okay, cool. Let's move on. Let's move on past the 20th minute of shots of food. <laughs> you know, like, whereas this one, like, I just thought that the Colombian trappings of this one were really, like, additive yes. to an already really good story. And, you know, it's one where you do come away from this one feeling like, yeah, I want to visit Colombia. <laughs> you yeah. know, like, I want to go to Colombia and visit the magical houses, which I now assume they have. They must have, yeah. <laughs> yeah, um, yeah but, but I'd be, you know... I'd be happy to see somewhere that looks a bit like that and yeah. doesn't have to be magic. You'd be like, that's nice. <laughs> yeah, yeah, Like yeah. the way you ended up wanting to visit the town in Tangled, because it's lovely. Yeah, yeah, exactly. That's it. It's... And, um... Oh, help, my dad's a fish. Uh, <laughs> uh, we're Fish Boys film. The Fish Luca? Boys. Yes! Yes! <laughs> what a nice place that ended up looking like. I know, like. yeah, I know. That really makes you want to go to Italy and ride Vespers. Doesn't it? Yeah, and... It's an interesting balance to strike, isn't it? Because it's help like... my dad is <laughs> genre. Trousers, a fish. In Luca, it wasn't even about his dad. No, I know. <laughs> I know, but it just I can I can insert it into that title format. I mean, I guess so, yeah. Um Like I guess it's it this kind of goes a bit further than just like sort of the modern idea of like cultural representation, just in terms of like, I, you know, one of the things I've been doing a lot recently is, like, I bought the box set of all the James Bond movies. Oh, God, not you as well. <laughs> Loads of people I know have been doing that. What is going on? I Look, I've always... Who cares about the James Bond movies? 
I'm interested in the same way, the, in them the same way I'm about Disney movies. Yeah. It's this cultural institution yeah. that's gone for decades and decades mm. and decades, and they're both interesting from the perspective of they absolutely represent their time. Yeah. Like the James Bond series, especially so. They are just oh, yeah. so brazen in being like, right, what's been popular in the last two years? We're gonna put a bit of that in yeah. this film. Oh yeah, like when they went, uh, it's parkour this year. Yeah. That's it, what we're doing now. It's parkour this year. Yeah. I'm like, you know, I'm watching one film I was like I bet Enter the Dragon came out with you before this. <laughs> and it's like, oh, okay, you've made this film. I noticed this one has a lot of sharks in it and a, ca- and a character called Jaws. Uh, I wonder what was popular. Is that when the character Jaws came out? Was it a yes. reaction to the film Jaws? Yes, it was a year after Jaws. Oh my God, I never knew that. Yeah. I, thought it was comp- I-, I assumed it came first. No, 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 no. And I assumed there was no connection, that no one ever made the connection between the two things. God. <laughs> right, fair enough. Yeah, but... That's why I find that's something. Remember that year where everyone used to throw their bowler hats at each other? Which yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah. After that? <laughs> but yeah, it's such an aspect of. I mean, all the James Bond movies, but in, especially like the early ones, mm. this travelogue aspect to them, where it's just. Here's a bunch of countries you've not. that you, yeah, the yeah. audience, will not have been to. Yeah. And we're just gonna. We're just going to have loads of scenes in Japan or Italy mm-hmm. or, or like New Orleans or whatever because mm-hmm. you the audience you won't have been there no and that's entertaining enough yeah. for a lot of this film like it doesn't really matter what's happening in the plot because the plot of the first two thirds of any James Bond movie is James Bond goes around <laughs> yes and I've never I haven't thought of this before but like there was a time, and I think it was while the James Bond films were being made, yeah. that like just being able to fly abroad became something far more attainable. Yeah. So, so that was like a thing people were into, was yeah. just going to a country, just going and to then a here's country. The series for that, yeah. yeah, exactly, and like, and that's why the relative flimsiness of the plots of most yeah. of those movies didn't yeah. affect their popularity because it's like, well, it doesn't matter that literally all that's happening is. I mean, frankly, there's a lot. It's a lot like what I was saying about Disney films. It feels like a series of vignettes more mm. than it feels like an ongoing spy thriller yeah. plotline that you're investing yeah. in. It's just like, no, you're not really following a thread. It's just James Bond got a clue mm. and he went to this cool place yeah. and went around this temple or mm-hmm. this series of scenic streets, and then there was a chase. Yeah. You know and. I never thought about it before. The James Bond series is just about, like, wouldn't it be cool if you had this holiday? Yeah. 100% that's what Like, the James- you're probably a beer-drinking bloke from the UK. Yeah. <laughs> wouldn't you like to go to this country and, like, wouldn't it be cool if it was, like, sexy women there who yeah. liked you? I and, know. Like, and, like, and- I, I don't mean I'm just now realising that it's <laughs> wish fulfilment, but, yeah. like, specifically the idea of, like, a, like a holiday. Yeah, yeah, like, yeah. what if you went... On a plane, and what if you what if you left the family behind? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Went on a plane yourself. Yeah, and this cool stuff started happening. That yeah, I know. Yeah. Is, there was a sexy lady. Yeah, there were some baddies after you, but you got it. You it, saw it out. Yeah, yeah you because saw it you because you because you yeah. have got quite a good watch. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> and your car, like, believe me, people are looking at your car and they're jealous. Oh yes, <laughs> like, yeah. This is the midlife crisis movie series. That is what it is. Yeah, and. That's why it's been going for like <laughs> sixty years. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, so from but from that perspective, it's like that's where I draw this line of connection mm. between that and some of the way Disney make their films of just like you 
presumed, you know, white Western mm. European slash American audience. Here's a here's some here's some weird foreign things that you know that <laughs> yeah. you might not have seen before. Yeah. And obviously, it's a little bit. The tenor of it is a little bit different now yeah. because it's a bit more like it's less. Hey, <laughs> white Western Europeans and Americans, here's a tour of this fancy place. Yes. The now mysterious it... audience. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> Whereas now it's more like, no, we're actually bringing in creators of those backgrounds yeah. and they're getting to sort of showcase their culture. But sometimes the net result is not that different. <laughs> you know what I mean? It's still a, hey, look at these buildings. Look at... You know, we call our grandmothers abuelas, you know? Like, <laughs> look at our sumptuous tables full of food. I guess the ultimate point is, like, it just depends how well you do it mm. in terms of whether you make it feel like the travelogue slash cultural tourism stuff mm-hmm. slash, you know, cultural representation, whatever you want to call it. Yeah. Whether it just feels like, yeah, 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 okay, mm. this, whatever. Like, this is very interesting, but let's... Let's move past this. Whether it is, you know, like I say, 20 minutes of shots of food or like... What's the 20 minutes of shots of food you're thinking of? Because we yeah. we, we discussed this briefly on the car on the way back. Yeah. And like the film that I think of when you say that yeah. isn't one you've seen. It's that cartoon with uh, Philippa Sue in it. Yeah, who, yeah. And it, that really, the first several minutes of that film is just look at the food we make here. Yeah. And I didn't actually get any further in the film than that. I feel like there's a lot of, like, no, there aren't films genuinely where there's 20 minutes of that. Oh, God. But there are films <laughs> where... Yeah, there's that one. Uh, yeah. Okay. There's, there aren't films I've seen that genuinely have that. But there are a lot of, like, of these films recently where you do feel like the purpose of the scene is to showcase this. Yeah. And to showcase... It from either an authenticity point of view mm-hmm. or just a look at this yeah. sort of point of view. And sometimes it does feel like authentic detail that makes it feel like, in a way that's additive, in a way that makes it feel like, yeah, you know what, this is adding to a sort of a, a sense of, you know, cultural authenticity and a sense of place to this movie. And then there's other times where I feel like this reminds me of the bit in whichever James Bond film it was, where <laughs> it's like, they just go to a sumo wrestling match, <laughs> and then there's just loads of footage of the sumo wrestling. Oh. Because it's like, in the 60s, yeah, who's ever seen, seen right, sumo right, wrestling? Right, yeah. So that in and of itself yeah. is, oh, wow, look at this. Yeah. But to me, it's like, yeah, all right, what's this? Uh-huh, <laughs> like, yeah. What's this got to do with yeah. the spy adventure what, that I yeah. thought we were on? And... Yeah, I just sort of feel like that's still a thing, but it's like it's just from a slightly different perspective and for a slightly different purpose. But to my mind, yeah. the effect is the same whether you do it yeah. well or badly. Yeah. And Encanto does it well; it does it consistently oh, well. Yeah. Um, it's it never just feels like I'm being toured around a culture for the sake no. of being toured around a culture. No. Like I said, not that I think there's anything wrong with that, especially yeah. the way that it's done by the likes of Lin-Manuel Miranda, where it's clearly this point of genuine pride mm-hmm. rather than a pure cultural tourism thing. Yeah. But it just depends on whether I found it entertaining or not. Mm, yeah. And it, there, are, there are other films I could name where I didn't love it, Whereas here, I'm like, no, this is great. Mm, This is great. And that was one of the things I was concerned about with this film going into it. And that turned out to be fine and great, in fact. And 
That's true of almost everything in this. Yeah. Um, did you have, like, can you think of problems? Um, no. Uh, like, I get, I thought, when we, when it started, I thought I was going to have problems. I've already mentioned this, that yeah. I didn't find the opening song particularly strong. Yeah. And I, and, and, uh, but even there, I remember going like, so like, so, at the very start, it starts with this um, flashback, this explanation of like, here is what happened. And I've complained to you before about the necessity of showing the the one or both of the parents' death in the flashback yeah, at the yeah. start of the film. But this wasn't that. As I, as I was like, oh, is this going to be one of them? And no, it isn't, because the child isn't there. Yeah. Shut up. Stop having emergencies. We're recording something that doesn't matter. <laughs> At all. To the child isn't there. It's not a dramatised scene where it's like... Um, well, anyway, whatever. I've talked about this before. And yeah. it doesn't fit that mould. It actually does need to be there. Yeah. It actually is a story they need to tell. It wants to be told by this character in this way. So that, so that, as soon as I wondered about that, that was quashed. Yeah. Then a song started that was like, oh, maybe I'm not going to like the songs in this. Maybe Lynn's only got... X number of musical stroke films in him. Yeah. And then, oh, wait. Oh, this isn't actually, I quite like where this song's going. Yeah. Ultimately, that song was just okay, though. Oh, no, I love this one. Yeah. Oh, I love this one. Yeah. I didn't love all the songs no, across neither. the board. Yeah. But those two that I've mentioned yeah. were so good yeah. that it's like, that's plenty. And then the rest were also fine. Yeah, yeah. There was something, exactly. I think there was something, there was one other song that she sung to herself that I thought maybe ended a bit abruptly or wasn't yeah, that entirely one did to my end. liking. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. I remember that one. Um, but I thought that about how far I'll go as well. Hmm. It, like in, I think the first time she sings it, she's on a boat. Uh, she's on her boat, her little raft or whatever it yeah. is. Yeah. And then she does her big note. Oh, this was what my complaint was there. She does her big final note, and the song ends. And then the camera doesn't cut to anything else. It stays on her, and she goes like, "Oh, there we go." Ties this, does this. Yeah. The scene carries on. I'm like, "Oh, I don't like that." Yeah. And I still stand by that. I don't like how that ends. The song's fine. It's yeah. a great ending to the song. This one must have had something that a bit reminiscent of that, like the song finished. I think I remember. I don't on. remember the song, but I remember that feeling. Yeah, I remember I thinking think she was at the foot of the stairs. I've got this image of her somewhere like that. But and anyway. I remember thinking, mm. "Are you going to pick this up again after mm. a bit of dialogue?" Yeah, and then it will just knit on yeah. on the album version. Yeah, but no, then that didn't happen. Yeah. That was like actually the end of it. Yeah, um, yeah, I would agree with that. Like in terms of my nitpicks, mm-hmm. like. I did think that I think that Disney could do with a little bit of a refresh on their house style with the character designs. Oh God, yeah! Like, especially since other people have been showing them mm-hmm. how to do that for so long now that that's old hat. Like, we've been. That, how long was it ago since Cloudy with a Chance of Meatballs came out? And I went, look, great! Yeah. Now we know what we can do with CG. The likes of Disney will make the next step, yeah. and, and they still haven't. They still haven't. And like Pixar have moved way out of it now. Like I guess they haven't. They yeah, the the help we're a fish. Yeah, uh, boys that look totally different. And yeah, and, uh, they're to... doing peanuts movie type stuff in that. They've got yeah. that. They've got a couple of only works from this angle expressions where the character's mouth would open and you'd see through it in two D. And, stuff. and uh, turning red looks like it's doing. It's following up on that in terms of its character designs. Uh-huh. So Pixar are the guys who wrote the book on how to do stylized yeah. human character designs, and everyone followed them and their incredible yeah. style. Yeah, but first, yeah, it's, it's all incredible styles. That's but the then, point of it. But Pixar have like yeah. decided a what like a couple of films in now, like that. You know, no, no, we don't have to keep doing that. Yeah. We, we'll try different stuff. Like 
Disney's one I think needs a refresh because they keep doing yeah. tangledy looking people. Yeah, what they've been doing is they found a style, stuck to it. Like when I mean, I don't know if you remember this, listeners, but like when Frozen first came out, the initial responses to the characters was like, well, that's just tangled. Like yeah. that and that was a mainstream opinion that all the reviewers said. Like when we saw just the, I think when we just saw the reveal of the characters, it was a yeah. poster or whatever, and I was like Oh, that's two Rapunzels then. Yeah, yeah, That's yeah, weird yeah. that you're drawing like that. And now we've stopped saying it because everyone's drawn in a similar way. But what they've done is, what Disney have done, and this is what they... And they, they've done this successfully, is that they've kept a style, yeah. but they've honed it to the point where it's not just that it's rote, it's that they're much better at it and it's smoother and they can get yeah. all that subtlety into it that they couldn't before. But I still agree. Yeah. That's enough now. This this film is the culmination of that, as far as I'm concerned. They've yeah. got. I'm glad they kept it until now because this film is where it lives. It's a. It's. It looks great. It moves great. It's just right. Yes, that's it now. Thanks. Let's, yeah. Let's have something new. Yeah. I mean, I, even saying that though, mm-hmm. I did have one problem with the designs in this one, yeah. which is that like I really am start like. I feel like they're doing a good job of starting to diversify what kind of desi- character designs they have within that style. Like, yes. you know, the main girl definitely looked a bit different yeah. from any of the previous main girls. Like, yeah. obviously, you've got the muscle the muscle lady yes. who looks very distinct. But I still think there's limitations to the female character design yeah. stock model mm. that they all look a certain type of young and pretty. Mm-hmm. And it was genuinely making it quite difficult for me to distinguish characters of different generations apart. Yes. In this film. Yes, absolutely, yes. I was literally forgetting scene by scene. of yep. like, are you her aunt yeah. or her sister? Yeah, yeah, definitely, yeah. Um, like, the the one who has, has, like, the weather following her around. Yeah. That's... She's her aunt, isn't she? I don't know. I think she is. Yeah, I was just watching it. It was yeah, it was just she was just one of the girls. I don't know. Yeah. I don't know. I couldn't but tell I you. But I think now. she's meant to be of the older generation. Right. She didn't look it. No. And yeah, it's like she just They're good at young and they're good at old and they're struggling with in between, aren't yeah. they? Yeah, exactly. And And even the old like so I liked the, the Abuela character. Yeah. But she looked very familiar. Hmm. Like I'm sure I've seen those ways of making someone look older before and it's kind of you know across across very i'm not saying she's a copy of any particular character it's just yeah we've got we get it now we get this style now and it's maybe there is an upside to it being that you can assume that everyone will look the same way from one film to the next but for the likes of us we don't want it and especially when you're comparing them to the sort of like you know, similarly background you know similar the ethnically similar characters from coco Mm. Mm who are much more distinct. Mm. Like, the old lady characters in Coco, mm. you know, like, you, you're getting, like, short, stocky ladies and, like, you know, and tall, elegant ladies and, like, men of different sort of body types and stuff like that. And Pixar are really pushing the boundaries in this at the moment, not just in terms of what they've been doing in trying this different style with Luca and Turning mm. Red, but also if you look at Soul. Yeah. Like, oh, yeah, oh, yeah. Yeah. The human, like, those are clearly of the, their Incredibles sort of house yeah, style. Yeah, it's of that style, but it's pushed further than usual. Yeah. They're really, they're, they're really, it's like they, it's as if they took the plasticine models from Incredibles and stuff and just like squinched them up a bit and changed, and they're, they're playing with more shapes in that, I think. Yeah. Whereas Disney's style, I think, is starting to get a bit 
hemmed in. Mm. And I'd like to see them just do something that's a clean break from it. Definitely would. To be honest, I think they're overdue it now. Far over. Like, it's it's getting to be a joke. Yeah, yeah. (laughs) People are noticing. Yeah, I think so. Um, One of the other things is that I think... There are ways there are ways here in this film where as much as we've said mm. accurately I think that this comes to a really nice logical it comes to the right conclusion for this story yep. and I still think that I think it is also quite a simple conclusion to yeah. the story yeah it, it's this the conclusion to the story that you'd probably see coming from about a third of the way through in yeah. terms of emotionally that you realize that the key conflict here is between her and the grandmother. Yeah. And it's the grandmother's sort of like expectations of the family that's really kind of hemming everyone in. And I suppose there were points where I was thinking like, well, is it going to be a bit more elaborate than that? Hmm. Is there going to be a twist here? I was thinking like, is the sort of the departed grandfather character going to figure into this hmm. a little bit more? Like, I was surprised he didn't. Yeah. I, I was surprised, because especially since, like, a lo- those early scenes where the cracks start appearing. Yeah. I thought the cracks seemed to be really highlighting his picture. Yeah, yes. Yeah, now, that happened a lot. There was a lot of bits in the film where it almost dun-dun-dunned on the picture. Yeah. And then that was, didn't really resolve to be no. very much, did it? It wasn't even, you know, I, I thought at the very least it'll be a save-the-painting sort of situation or whatever. But I think it was what it... In retrospect, probably what it was supposed to convey is like the idea of like this house that he's built is under threat. And, yeah, you know, he's this is the his, house. Sort of he's thing, the yeah. house, and this is his legacy. Yeah. And like this is what's at risk of being destroyed from an emotional and practical perspective. Yeah. But I kind of thought that is something going to happen with him. Mm. Like, is there some unanswered questions about yeah. this guy? Like, especially since the opening flashback leaves his death. A little bit yes. vague. Yes, this is the thing. So later on in the film, you revisit that flashback and we see it again. And I was expecting a twist. Yeah. I was expecting that she hadn't been telling the truth about what happened. And it, no, she kind of had, really. She had. It's just the second time is a lot more real. It yeah, feels sure. a lot more real yeah. and you get to see the sort of emotional pain behind it. Yeah, and it's worth doing that. Yeah. But... Uh, but there wasn't a reveal in there. No, no. And some just maybe something about it. Something about starting with saying like, ah, oh, it was this many years ago. And then you, the camera pans and now we're in the past. Like, something about that made me think, right, we're going to find out what really happened. Here. Yeah. And it turns out we knew what really happened. Yeah. I was even going like, what, is it going to turn out that like, you know, they he, he didn't die there and he built the house but she stopped liking him or something like, yeah yeah I yeah what, what, i'm not saying i want this no it's just it was it was interesting um another one while I, while we're on just sort of things that we thought it might be yeah um i thought that and i had, and i'm not making making any statement about whether this would have been better or not um but i did think that we were going to get some kind of a connection between between her and mirabel as the two who don't have a magic power. Yeah, apparently. yeah, yeah. Like, I thought it was going to be that both of them, their magic power, quote-unquote, or the reason... There always seemed to be a reason why the Sorting Hat didn't yes. bestow something on Mirabelle. Okay. Yeah. And I thought it was going to be that, yeah, because she's an Abuela type. She's... I, I, I even thought we were going to end on her old with the family under yeah, her. Yeah, yeah, and, maybe, uh, yeah. And I actually kind of wish we had. I think that would have been a bit of an emotional um, 
uh, hit. I, I think that would have been quite nice to see. But I yeah. say that purely from a, you know, from the perspective of like, I, I would be satisfied to see it. I haven't thought about if that would be good or bad structure. Yeah, yeah. I, mean, I can see how that would work. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. yeah. The, the, just connecting that. The, yeah. They are the ones with the conflict, but actually it's because they're the ones who are the same as each other. Yeah, yeah. They don't have a power. She Maybe maybe, maybe a bit more about her feeling left out and everyone else got something special and, and she just lost her husband. These were things I thought might be coming up, which then didn't. Which, yes, did make it that when the film ended... I was surprised that it had already ended. Yeah, kind of. Not disappointed. I didn't think like, well, you've not done this, this and this. But I was like, oh, okay. I think I was expecting an, another nugget yeah. here at the end. But it's also one that after that initial mm. shock has worn off, it's like, yeah. well, no, no, that is the end. Yeah, that's it. it. Yeah, 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 then you go, yep. Yeah, yep. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So, yeah, there's... That's it. There's just a few expectations, <clears throat> I think, that it throws up occasionally where it's like, oh, could this be going in a different direction mm. that would be more elaborate? Mm. Yeah. But, but then it's like, no, no, it doesn't need to be. I get, and then yeah. it's like, you know what? No, this is, it's complicated enough. It's like, yeah. No, it's not complicated, but it's no, intricate it's enough. Yeah. The, I, yeah, you don't really need another layer on top yeah. of it. And uh, one of the things that definitely it, this film makes the case for that it doesn't need mm -hmm. and therefore doesn't have mm -hmm. is even a suggestion of a villain. Yes. Yes. Now, we have previously lamented yeah. the current Disney uh, sort of policy of not having villains anymore and instead constructing stories among people or sympathetic yeah. characters or what have you. Or even if you have a villain that they're like a third act reveal and yeah. you don't really get to spend a lot of time with them as mm. just this iconic antagonist who's mm. there driving the story. It's, But, you know, even more so than Moana or something, which doesn't have a villain, but it sort of leads you to believe there is a villain. Mm -hmm. This one just doesn't. Yeah. <laughs> this film absolutely justifies why it doesn't have a villain. Yeah. I don't think on balance over the last, you know five, six years that they've sufficiently justified as a policy mm -hmm. why not to have just a good old-fashioned bad guy yeah. every now and then. Because it's like, you know, like, like we said on the Hocus Pocus episode, mm -hmm. like, Disney villains are an institution. Yeah. Just as much as Disney princesses. Mm -hmm. Or like, or Bond villains to sort mm -hmm. of link back to that. It's like, you know... When there's a new James Bond movie, people look forward to like, yeah, but who's going to play the Bond villain and how will yeah. they fit into the pantheon of Bond villains? And then we can rank them and compare them. <laughs> people like doing that with Disney villains too. That's part yeah. of the fun. Yeah. And like, I feel like they're denying us part of our fun yeah. by taking away the idea of a real good villain recently. And, and they're denying themselves that fun as yeah. well. Yeah. Like, they're denying the animators that fun. Yeah. Like, think of... Well, and even just corporate. Like, yeah. Like, surely it is only a matter of time before we get the Disney villains team up Disney Plus series yeah. or film or whatever it turns out to be. Like, they've done they've done it before. They've done direct-to-DVD stuff. They've there's, done... There's that Descendants or whatever. There's Descendants. Yeah. There's villains at the House of Mouse, whatever that was called. <laughs> stuff yeah. like this. But, like, imagine a good Disney Plus series yeah. that is... I mean, I only need to say Jafar and Ursula. <laughs> yep, yep, sold. Like, he's sold. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Like, bring in others if you like. <laughs> yeah, but it doesn't matter. Yeah. Um, 
they can't they have to reach back to the 90s to do that yeah. now yeah um because they haven't got anyone from the last several years that they could do that with and all right yes i just made up out of whole cloth the idea that they might want to do it yeah but come on i know yeah genuinely who was the last um proper like villain well the trouble is they fizzle out they they didn't just stop they gradually yeah, faded out exactly, because yeah. you have Clayton, for example. Like, yeah. I found him satisfying in that film, but he's not a Jafar. He's not a Disney villain of no. that sort. Oh, there was the chap in Princess and the Frog. He's great. Yeah, he's great. I like him. I like Mother Gothel. Yeah. Um, I like King Candy in Wreck It Ralph. <laughs> yeah, I suppose. Yeah, he's good. All right, fine. Yeah. Um, you know, like for for, for all the caveats that we have. Hans in Frozen mm-hmm. is he's a villain. He's a popular one. He's a popular one, but again, he's no, a he's a useful one. He doesn't do much. There isn't. He's not. A, he isn't a very concept villain, is he? He's and he's also one of these ones who only emerges later on. Yeah. In the same way that that's the case with um, Zootopia and Big yeah. Hero Six as well. Like the villain sort of turn. You know, like you know, there's a villain throughout, but you don't really find out who they are until yeah. a lot later in the film and. So therefore, they don't really get that moment in the sun to sort of be this like, yeah, you know, mm. this is why I'm the next Ursula. Yeah, nor do you really get much of an insight into what his actual villainry is like. Yeah. Because there's, uh, as we're talking about it now, I'm thinking Hans wouldn't be very good in anything like this because he's not... his uh, With Ursula and Jafar, right? Yeah. The two best ones. <laughs> yeah. You can imagine their other crazy schemes. Yeah, yeah, you yeah. You can just think of the sort of thing they might do the rest of the time. With Hans, it's just like, whoever he happens to be with, he would just, I don't know, scam them in some way. He would just wriggle into their trust and, and be mean. And that's not interesting enough. Even though it is in more grown-up things, in, like, dramas and, like, yeah. the, the many, the many, many real people-type villains that there are in the world yeah. could do that. With Hans, we don't get enough time with him to know what he's like other than bad. Yeah. yeah. So so who's that? It doesn't matter. It's a bit flavourless as a yeah. result. And I think the same is true of like, yeah, like I said, the Zootopia and Big Hero 6 villains. Yeah. Which I, 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 I won't name them because, you know, I, I don't want to just spoil two other films in, yeah. a, pod, in a podcast yeah, about, fair enough, yeah. about another film. But if you've seen those two, You'll know who they are, and especially in the case of Big Hero 6, it's mm-hmm. like, who can even remember? <laughs> I mean, yeah. Like, um, and yeah, that, kind of since then, they're just not bothered. Yeah. Like, even gestured towards no. bothering. No. Um, We're going to love it when they do, but this was not the film. This was not the film. This was not the film. No. They, in this case, they're absolutely right. They're absolutely right, yeah. The, not the, to. You can't say villain, you can't say antagonist, but the negative force in this film is a real-world, I don't know, clash of Person. priorities and personalities that yeah. can happen within a family. And that, yeah. that that's well worth making a kid's film about. Exactly, and, exactly. Without, and if you made, without needing to make someone the bad guy. Yeah, and if someone was the bad guy, well, you've already said it, that would burst the bubble entirely. That, that yeah. would undermine the reality of it because it would be too neat and tidy. It would be yeah. too easy to just go like, yeah, yeah, you can blame... The family's problems on the fact that one of them's evil. Yeah, exactly. Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. No, no. So yeah, that's it. There's a few things about this film that we can say that's like, well, we would still like to see Disney do X, Y, or Z over time. Hmm. I wouldn't say that, obviously, but yeah. No, I would say Z. I know. I don't know why I said that. 
Um, don't I'm going to have one of these fingers. We mean Cadbury's fingers. Yeah. Um, Abby's bought us some chocolate fingers to be podcast snacks, and we haven't. We've been neglecting them, yes. so I think we should have them. But yeah, no. My point was, we can say that Disney should do this, this, or this. Yeah. Over time, but it wasn't Encanto's job to do any no. of those things. No. And this is this this film is, is like. It's the correct film for all of the stuff Disney has been doing recently. Yeah. And like, yes, all right, it might have been interesting to see a more interesting style in the animation, but they, to me, made the argument that this was the right style for this film. Yeah. Ditto the, ditto the lack of villain. And then presumably ditto other stuff that I'm just not thinking of right now. Yeah, yeah. It, just, it was just good, so it, yeah. so it all is good and it all yeah, works. Yeah, it's good, so like... This film, for whatever like longer term trends are going on with Disney that we think like, oh yeah, well they should fix this and this and this. It's mm. like, yeah, but Encanto was, Encanto did its bit yeah. right, you know? And this is the thing I think we were saying before, it's like, like right at the start, sorry, we're eating fingers now. Yeah, sorry. <laughs> Just being nice to Abby because she bought them us especially. Yep. Yeah. So this is us. This bit's for you, Abby. Yep. Yeah. <laughs> Abby, who we've kicked out of her own house while we eat chocolates that she bought. She's round a friend's house. <laughs> she was invited. She's not. I'm looking out the window now. She's in the street in the snow. Oh, is that her? Yeah. Oh, is that her selling those matches? <laughs> I was going to say. <laughs> she's lighting her third match just outside the window. <laughs> Have a finger. No, not right now. Um. So, yeah. I've lost my train of thought. Oh, sorry. Uh, bah, 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 bah. Well, it was about the villains. Well, I think it was just about the fact that, like, I still would like Disney to sort of get back on a run. You mm. know what I mean? Like, mm. But one thing that I'll definitely say about this is that we've talked in previous podcasts, including the Raya one, maybe, inclu- you know, maybe going back to Frozen 2, that I wanted to see, I wanted to see a big success for them, mm. in, like creatively. Yes. In this new era under new leadership. Yes. Like you know, you need sort of a statement win, don't you? Yeah. Like to sort of say, like, look, we've had a bit of a transition, mm-hmm. but now we can we can carry on putting out really great stuff. Yeah. Don't worry. Just because we changed leaders doesn't mean yeah. that. It's all downhill from here because that'd be horrible, yeah. especially given the circumstances around. Particular circumstances, yeah. Around it, so this I clock this up as a win. Yeah, and I mean, I, I just hope they take it as that because, like, I just, you know, I know I saw the sort of like box office forecasts around the opening of this, and uh-huh. they, it's a bit soft to be honest. But and are we? Have we? Have we yet sorted out how to adjust for COVID? No, it's hard to know. Yeah. It, it is hard to know, because some films have done actually very well, yeah. but then other ones have been bit, you know, less than you'd have thought, but in a way that you do adjust yeah. for COVID. And then other ones, it's like, no, that's just a bomb. Well, and for example, you seem aware that it's about to be on the, t- the Disney Plus for free anyway. So it yeah. wouldn't be a surprise if a lot of people... You went, let's not. Mm, but with that said, though, like, there have been films that were released with a similar sort of, like, premise mm-hmm. where pe- where they were either on video on demand at the same time or they 
Oh, right. It was known that they were about to be. Yeah. That still did pretty well. Oh, right. Um, but we'll see. Like, <laughs> I think they'll... <clears throat> this is the thing with them. I don't think they are the type of studio who just think, well, it did well, it did well so who cares what the reviews say? Yeah, they're not just looking at numbers. They're, no. They're, yeah. There they will a, want to see that the film was well-reviewed. There is an artistic through-line even in this, what must be the most incredibly corporate era that Disney's ever been in. Yeah, yeah. Nevertheless, they seem to be judging their own films on similar terms that we would, yeah. judging by the films that then come later. Which is, you know, that's good. I, yes. I want them to still do that, even in this, yeah. as you say, aggressively corporate era. Um, but yeah, people seem to like this. Like, you mm -hmm. know, the, 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 cri the critical reviews have been very good, by and large. And, yeah, I just, I want to see, I want, it's hard for, it's hard to know, though, like, whether, because most of their recent films have been pretty well regarded as well, but yeah. I, I just see this as being much better. It's so much better, yeah. Like, so much better. That's the thing, That that's what I've been trying to put into words when I'm talking about, um... <laughs> my dad's trousers or like the, the, I use that as an example because that is a film the reason I keep going back to that one and yes it's Pixar rather than Disney but Disney plus lumping it together just for now right mm -hmm. that film was fine but what happened in it like it's not vastly memorable and I don't think anyone ever really like has a huge reaction to it one way or the other it's just it's an example of the sort of film they make now yeah and that's what Disney have been skewing towards, I think, is that style of film, which is like, yeah, this is all right. It's the kind of film we make, isn't it? Yeah. And I think that our response to them has been to acclimatise to that and expect that. So when someone reviews a Disney film now, they're like, oh, this is the charming fare from Disney. And what they mean is like, yeah, it's another one. It's another one. It's it's not one. It's, you know, it's not like the, the crap that other studios often yeah. make. Yeah. So... And, but, and yes, and I think that is what they mean. Yeah. Even though... We're quite blessed at the moment. Like, there's not as much crap as there once no, was. No, no, that's true. But yeah, no, like people aren't just like like churning out shark tails. Yeah, at exactly. The that we're past that, and that, and that. But that's part of it, isn't it? Like, yeah. we because we're not in that because there's not awful rubbish coming out. Yeah. Um, it's tempting to think of anything passable as good. Yeah. And I think I think people do. I think people adjust for that and. It, it, yeah, how, how will they react to an actually good one? <laughs> yeah, I don't know. I, I think I rate something like Onward a bit higher than you just because I think there's a lot of... I think there's a lot of sincerity that goes into something like that and it, there's a lot of creativity that yeah. goes into something like kind of above and that like Onward was not... You know, I don't think it's top tier any by any standards, yeah. but... It's clearly not a film that they just churned out. No, and, like, I, and and listeners, if I've given you that impression, that, that's not what I mean. And I liked it, and I enjoyed all of it. It's just... I don't know, it just doesn't stand out, really, yeah. I think. In yeah. Some, in some way. It, it's another film that came out. Maybe... And it could purely be that I'm now old enough, that I've seen enough of them, yeah. that it's impossible for them to, to really stand out. But Moana does, and I think this does. And, yeah. and, and I'll wait and see what kind of... What it looks like from a from a year's distance or whatever. Yeah, yeah, that's it. But yeah, I do. I would consider this like 
the best film they made since Moana, at least. Mm. Like, absolutely, yeah. are that. And, yeah, you know, it renews my confidence that, like, okay, maybe there is, you know, like, maybe the maybe the juice is not totally run out mm. on... Um, the current Disney era, yeah. you know, maybe they maybe they did take a couple of years to sort of adjust, mm. and but now they can kind of keep things rolling again. Yeah, but I guess time will tell whether this is that or whether yeah. this is Lilo and Stitch. Oh uh, yeah, you know what I mean, yeah. like sort of a, a a peak among sort yeah. of the, the that doesn't mask the un overall downward yeah. trajectory. Um, but. Like we keep saying, that's on Disney to solve. That's not Encanto's job. Yeah. Encanto's job was just to be the best film that it could be for what it wanted to be. And I kind of think it was. Mm. Like, given that we can't think of um, any meaningfully significant ways to improve it, (laughs) maybe it is the best version of itself. And it's like... Well, you know, well done. I'm not. I'm not said that of a Disney film yeah, for five years. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Neither of us requires anything more of this film than it gave us. Yeah, and like we're a pa- we're a pair of big whingers. Yeah, so, yeah, exactly. Like, <laughs> we we do not s- settle for you know. We, yeah. Like we will not let things lie if we think <laughs> there's something wrong with it. You all have been listening to us long enough to know that. Yeah. Uh, we'll go on for hours and hours and hours if we yeah. think there's something significantly <laughs> wrong with something. Even if it's the biggest animated film of all time. Uh, so or the yeah. biggest uh, live action remake of all time. Yeah, exactly. So, I mean, even that one. We didn't, we didn't talk about that one for eight hours, though, did we? Didn't we? It wasn't eight hours. Uh, no, I think it was six hours. Oh, we talk, oh, we mean Beauty and the Beast. Yes, what, do right. you mean? what did you mean? Oh, um, Lion King, I thought you meant. Yeah, no. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No. That actually, yeah, I can't decide which is the worst one. No, no, Beauty and the Beast, because yeah. Lion King, I can watch that until I get bored. Which is pretty quick. Which is pretty quick, but I can watch it and I'm bored. I stuck Lion King on mm. when I got my new TV and sound system. Oh, yeah. And let me tell you, <laughs> I found the true home of the Lion King 2019. As a tech, a tech demo, demo for your new TV and sound system. <laughs> yeah. Because it's yeah, like, yeah. I'm like, this looks and sounds fantastic. Yeah. I will watch this for a few minutes until yeah. I get bored. Yeah. <laughs> but until that time, it's like, yeah, wow, I can see all the HDs, yeah. you know? I yeah. can feel, I can hear all of the kind of, the, the, the ambient sound of this worse version of Circle of Life, yeah. <laughs> you know? And yeah, absolutely, look. You got a new TV, new sound system, stick Lion King on on Disney Plus or mm. I was gonna say on on Blu-ray, but no, don't buy it. <laughs> like, no, but but if you're if you're really doing yeah, a tech demo, you do have to. You do have because to. Disney Plus is subject to the fluctuations of your connection. Yeah. It's, and it's like it's, it's, it's going down. It's gonna be a lower yeah, it's gonna be bit rate or whatever. Yeah, so yeah. So I'm afraid you you have to buy it for that. Oh no! <laughs> oh, I'm sure they come with a tech demo disc anyway, don't they? Or, or like, yeah, do it probably they... is the Lion King. <laughs> yeah, it probably is. Do they have Do they have that footage of a ladybird on a leaf with a bit of dew on it? <laughs> Does that come in the TV? That's pre-installed? the Lion King 2019. <laughs> yeah, it is. Literally, is what I'm talking about the 4K footage they used to put on in Argos. Yeah, but yeah, it is, isn't it? It's what that film yeah. is. <laughs> 
It's like, what if we remade The Lion King exclusively using the tech demo footage of 4K TVs that you put yeah. on in Argos? Yeah, the Argos. But it is, isn't it? Yeah. The Lion King 2019 yeah. is for TV shops. Yeah. And yeah. for Jon Favreau to test out tech that he would then use on The Mandalorian. Yeah. Like, that's all it is. It was literally mm. just them experimenting with tech. Mm. And... There's a place for that. There's a place for that, but that's the short that you put before this film that we were talking about. Like, there's a there's a reasonably pleasant little yeah. short before this film about yeah. overprotective raccoon parents. Yeah. And that, you know, like, it's, it's fun, it's cute, it's got, like, you know, it's one of those sort of... 3D, nah, 3D done in a 2D okay. style. Dave, yeah. your mileage will vary. He was alright. But that's where you experiment. Yeah. That's where you experiment. Yeah. And not remaking the, by remaking The Lion King in its entirety. Mm, yeah. But, yeah. Like my, said, my, my wins there is purely because it, it did so much work to look 2D that yeah. I was sat there going, well, just 2D then. <laughs> just give me what I want and yeah. what you're trying to make me think it is. Yeah, yeah. <clears throat> but but anyway, again, not Encanto's fault. No. None of this is Encanto's fault. No, Encanto. Nothing is Encanto's fault. Nothing is Encanto. Encanto is a friend. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Who, who has done no wrong? And yeah, I want to go around their house again. Yes, and I think we probably will. Yeah, like separately, I'm sure. Um, oh God, yeah. I'm not <laughs> going. If I could possibly avoid going anywhere with you. <laughs> <laughs> it's bad enough just the once. Yeah. Um, that's for work, you know. Yeah, exactly, yeah. We could go, I was going to say we could expense this, but no, we can't. No! <laughs> um, so, yeah. If you tuned out earlier, then I hope that you tuned out earlier to go and see this. And if you've listened... <laughs> well, I thought you meant if you just got bored and stopped listening. <laughs> no. I'm, right, you mean at the point where at we At the point where right, we yeah. told people that they could leave and go and see the film. I hope that's what you did. Yeah. And... Now, if you've listened to us spoil the entire film, and... Oh, I don't now- think it will. I think you'll still enjoy it. Yeah, yeah, that's it. It's not like it lives or dies by its reveals, is yeah, it? There basically aren't any. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, like, if you've got to the end of this and you feel like it sounds good, that's because it is. Yeah. <laughs> it yeah. is. It is. It is good. You should see it. This is a we good We haven't one. sung you the songs yet, and they're nice. You're going to like at yeah. least two of them. Yeah. Maybe, really maybe more. I think more. Yeah. I enjoyed... Yeah. All of them. Yes. And I really enjoyed two of them. Yeah. I Which agree. is more than you like, you know, like even you know, when I'm a kid watching the Disney Renaissance films, there was always one main song. Yeah. I got two in this. Yep. Can't ask for more than that. You can't ask for more than this film is giving you mm. based on what it wants to be. Mm. And yeah, can't say fairer than that. And yeah, it's a good one. Disney remain not yet dead. Hooray! Hooray! Oh, there we go. <laughs> d- d- further justification for us to do this. Yes. Whee! So, my voice is going, as you may be able to hear. Yeah. So, let's, I think we sign out for now until, I don't know, two years' time Yeah, or probably, yeah, yeah. No, right, no. The reason why this has taken so long to do episodes is because of the pandemic. It, yes. For this podcast in particular, it yeah. turns out it's hard to regularly turn out the kind of thing we were doing yeah. without the kind of support that I have on my other podcast. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But there's still loads of stuff we want to do on this. Yeah. Like, you know. Stacks. I'm still looking forward to watching, you know, Christopher Cribbin and all of that. <laughs> Is that what you're calling it? I think someone in the old cartoons says that. Someone says Christopher Cribbin at some point. Okay. 
But yeah, I mean, we've got actually quite a lot of the live-action stuff still to do. Loads. We've got... Dum- we got Dumbo. Cri- Dumbo, Christopher Robin, Cruella. Cruella. Uh, Lady and the Tramp. Oh, yeah. Like... Just loads. I feel like at least a couple of those are going to have some stuff we can really get our teeth into. Yeah, it must do. So, yeah, hopefully, they're, now that <laughs> currently <laughs> it's okay to go to other people's houses yeah. without them causing them to die, Yes, we should have a window where we can start churning our productivity levels back up. Mm. But you've heard us say this before. Yes. And yeah, but you know what the difference is, right? And this is how it's going to be different this time, is that before, only like three people supported us on Patreon. So if you want more of this, <laughs> if you're listening to this and you like it, yeah, then you need to go to, what even is it? Um, you tell me. Patreon.com forward slash Serious Disney, I bet. Yeah. Sure. And, Let's you know, say it's that. Pop, pop some coins in the slot. Yeah. And like, we there, there is no reward. Well, there is. We make more of the episodes of the podcast. Yes. Um... That presumably you like. Yeah, yeah, presumably you don't, or you would have already supported. (laughs) (laughs) Well, yeah. Well, that's on us, isn't it? (laughs) Um, Or is it on them? um, I don't know. I think we're turning out a quality product here. Oh, so it's the children who are wrong. Yes. (laughs) Yes. No, it's the fact that we never remember to in any way promote the fact that we're doing this or tell anyone at all. That's what it comes down to, really. I need to put adverts for it more on STCTP. You do. You we do. We should make an advert and I'll run it on STCTP. Yeah? Yeah. Yeah, I'm happy to do that. You heard it here first. Yeah. We're going to start spamming your other more, more popular podcast. Yes. And But I, it's popular with a very specific niche audience. I don't know yeah. if there's any crossover. The people who like Sonic like Disney. So Maybe. There are some people. Yeah, there must be crossover because I'm it and Abby's it. It's yeah. like... And yeah. also, think of the thin gruel that Sonic fans have to subsist oh, on these days. I know. They should listen to this podcast to find out what animation could be. <laughs> yeah, I know, yeah. You know, instead of just Sonic X and <laughs> Saturday M and that. Because presumably the fans of your podcast yeah. are doing nothing other than just yeah. streaming Sonic X over yeah, and all, over, all, over all again. the time. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 The brains have rotted out. Yeah. That's why they like your this, podcast. Uh, yeah, yeah. Yeah, that's so I'm hoping I can snag them on this one. <laughs> so yeah, I mean I'm happy to do that. But yeah, yeah. Let, yeah, let's do that. Let's drag yeah. your other podcast down. Yeah. <laughs> so yeah, if you well, if you are a fan of STCTP yeah. and you don't want us to ruin that podcast yes. with this one, then come and back this one. Yes. So this is less of a promotion thing and more of a blackmail thing. Yes, this is the bit I'm going to run as an advert on the other <laughs> podcast, by the way. I think it helps that my voice is giving out and wheezy mm. and like unpleasant to listen to because yes. that really adds to this air of desperation Doesn't that it? this is a low-quality production yeah. that they don't want anywhere near yeah. their pristine yeah. Yeah, 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 podcast. Yeah. If you don't come and listen to... If you don't come and listen to Serious Disney... See how unprofessional this sounds? Yes. There'll be more of it on <laughs> Sonic the Comic the Podcast, and that's... Not... No one wants that. No. <laughs> so... If you don't come and listen to this podcast, and tell all your friends to listen to it, yeah. and support us on Patreon, I'll start buying advertisements. So you'll have to see it in your Twitter feed, yeah. Facebook, yeah. Uh, billboards, as you're driving down the road. Physical billboards. Yeah. 
Is it legal for you to print out a big banner and hang it from this flat? Well, yes, but then people would know where I live. <laughs> oh, yeah. All right, what if you hang it from somewhere from somewhere that someone else Oh, I'll hang it from your flat. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> no problem. Like, you live next to a... Yeah, but I'm not putting that in the podcast because then they'll know where I live. Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah, sorry. I've just doxed you. Yeah, I? exactly, yeah. <laughs> there's, there's no point trying to be funny about specific details because they're not going to go in. <laughs> yeah. Um... If you don't listen to the podcast, I'll dox Dave. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Is that a, does that threat work? Uh, no, they're going to want that. Oh, yeah. Because that's something where, like, if anyone could possibly benefit from it, it's them. Oh, yeah. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, I don't I think see. they would. I don't think they'd be bothered, but, like, it's possible. Well, I yeah, because either your super fans would come and bother yeah. you at your home, or the people who hate you will come and kill you. Yeah. And both yeah. of those people want that. So, yes. yeah. Both of those people. <laughs> I meant both sets of yeah. people. No, both. that's nice. Yeah. That, that's a nice place to be. You've got one person who really likes you and one person who wants to kill you. <laughs> one more and, they're, and they're enemies. They fight each other. Just outside your house. Yeah. With the address of which is... They, yeah. <laughs> yeah, they found out where that is and they have to battle to determine which of them... Gets to come in, and will it be a nice day for me? Yeah, because because in this, the person who really likes me is mature enough that it would be nice for them yeah, to come yeah. in, or the person who wants to just kill me. Yeah, in which case, be the last day of which your life. Which one do I get out of those things? Yeah, what does that remind me of? What is it where someone either gets the thing they want or a bad thing? It's some silly kids' game show or something. Never mind. Forget, <laughs> forget, forget it, forget it. Well. <laughs> If you what want, if you want more of this rambling bad podcast, am I thinking of like wait till I get you home on Noel's know. house party? Or something like that? <laughs> when are you not thinking of Noel's house party? It'll be, yeah, yeah, ultimately. Yeah. I'm always thinking of Noel's house party. That's why it's difficult to determine if I'm thinking of it now. In a way, hmm. Encanto was. We all thinking of Noel's house party. In a way, Encanto was Noel's house party. In what way? There was a big house. Then there was a party in it. Yeah. And. Yeah. No. <laughs> yes, and spoilers. When the house, the, we we already hinted that the house falls apart. That's the point at which Blobby enters. <laughs> we weren't specific about that, but that's how that happened. It's the post-credit scene. Yes. Yeah. Imagine if, imagine if the post-credit scene of any film was that Mr. Blobby comes. In. That's how they kick. That's how Phase Four or whatever on now. Yeah, yeah. Really kicks off. Yeah, into the new the next. Everyone's phase. waiting for the like Avengers initiative scene, and it's yeah. Mr. Blobby comes in. That's what the M in MCU stands for now. Mr. Mr. <laughs> <laughs> Mr. Blobby <laughs> Yeah Because they're owned by Disney now So they pronounce it like Robin Hood Oh god It's Mr. Blobby I, I bet somehow Disney do own Mr. Blobby I bet <laughs> I bet somehow At some point Rights changed hands Yeah Because It's not unlikely is it That <laughs> no. anyone who owns rights to anything Yeah Ultimately was Folded into the Disney Corporation At some time in the last yeah. 10 years and at some point, the Mr. Blobby rights just happened to fall into Disney hands. Mm. And they were like, what the hell is this? Yeah. And, yeah, to find out, listen to Dave's other podcast. Yeah. But, what are we talking about?
I don't know. Uh, this, as you can see, this podcast has now disintegrated. Yeah. Dave's just on his phone. Talking to Abby now. Yeah. Talking to Abby. Yeah. Well, I'm telling you that we're wrapping up now. So. Is that what this is? <laughs> I mean, <laughs> it's a while since I first told her we were wrapping up. That way. <laughs> <laughs> Shall we just stop? Yeah. Right. Go, go see away in, go to, see in can, to Encanto. See Encanto. Yeah. Go away. Go do that now. Go away to the cinema, please. Bye. Bye. Ah, my voice. Go away. <laughs> it's your own fault. Ah. Oh, I think that sounds like Abby's here. Perfect timing, Abby. Wait, I don't think that's Abby. <laughs> Bye. Bye.